I don't. I don't see this the Facebook feed up at all. There we go. All right, everybody there. Everybody there. Good morning this morning, everybody. Happy. Happy Monday to all of you. I, I, the, uh, I don't know whether things are coming across the stream super loud. I'm seeing it in the red, though. On the volume. If somebody's on the stream, they can let me know what's up. Output-wise, I'm just I'm looking at it over there with the red uh, in the red, just to make sure it all uh, works out. Nice. All right, that's probably that, that, that'll probably work. If somebody has any input on the what's going on there with the stream and how it sounds, let me know. Let me know what's up, people. Good morning, this morning, everybody. Happy Monday to all of you, live from the Discovery Design Studios. And a warm welcome to Golden Oak Lending. I'll get into that just a little bit later on, but I appreciate them as well. Golden Oak Lending. Yes, people. Oh, why wait? Let me just, before I get to... One of the great things oftentimes about your, uh, I don't know, your, your companies that do refi and all the others who are involved in refinancing your loans and that kind of thing. And we'll get to this in just a little bit, but I really more importantly just want to let you know about Golden Oak Landing and them being my guys, supporting the show, supporting the Radio Free Almond product. You know the whole Golden Oak Lending cured my blues thing, right, everybody? Good morning, this morning. Uh, hey, uh, it looks like Paula's in her first, in, in her new home, so that's that's good to know. Oh, and folks, we've got so much to talk about today, especially regarding the Barack Obama debacle over the weekend. Uh, and it was on Friday. And I got to tell you, when it came time for us to finally kind of get it all going on in terms of having to put up with uh, the president, deciding that he was going to uh, do something and skip protocol and just decide he was going to get involved in, yeah, he was going to get involved in the uh, in the election now. Now, it's so unusual for the president to come out and actually speak and get himself involved in a in an election, especially while he's just fresh off his last term. Now, I I'm, I'm getting a, 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 folks. I don't know. Are you hearing me okay? Because I'm getting a uh, I'm getting a, some severe. Um, I got some, some something severe coming in my, going in my. Uh, 
my background here. I can't quite figure out what's going on in my in my ear, but I've got I've got some pretty bad feedback. Are you guys hearing me okay out there? I'm so, I'm really sorry about uh, how this is going, but I, I it just seems to me that I I'm getting some in my headphones. Yeah, I'm just getting I'm getting some really bad. Uh, hold on, let me just figure out, figure this out here. Um, some really bad feedback in my in my ear. You can hear me fine, okay, loud and clear. That's fine. Okay, I'm just, I'm just having trouble with my thing. So, um, I guess I'll I guess I'll figure it out uh, one way or the other. There's something. Uh, no, it's good. I'm just I I have a lot of uh, I've got a lot of feedback in my in my headphones. And no, that's not doing it. I don't know what you just did there, but I now I'm now it's worse. Let me see. Hold on. Um, yeah, just let's let's uh, if if there's some way I could just um, uh, figure this out here. Hold on. I okay there. That, that that might be a little bit better. You guys can hear me okay. All right, good. Thank you, Mama K. Appreciate it. Oh, Mama K. By the way, I've got an update on uh, on your food, and I I made some delicious. I used I used your can of stewed tomatoes, and so it uh, really worked out great. I will uh, I'll fill you in on that in just a little bit. But we are live here from the Discovery Design Studios, DiscoveryDesignInc.com, and so appreciate you guys joining us. Let's let's chime in a little bit here on on uh, the president's speech on Friday. This was just uh, one of those things where, first of all, I can't figure out how President Obama ever developed that kind of street accent of his. I mean. Didn't the guy grow up in Hawaii or something and go to Yale and everything else? But you get him out there and you're like, who who is this dude? But all Obama seems to be now is just a crabby old man sitting on his porch screaming at the rest of the people riding by. I'm just telling you, that's what it comes across as. Actually, no, it doesn't. It comes across as uh, maybe something like this. I think I think I recall. Here he comes. Here comes the President of the United States, everybody. Give me some volume, people. Oh, look at this. President Barack Obama, everybody. Hey, hey, what's up? Wait a minute. Hold on, I got to pull myself together. Wait a minute. What? Joe number one. Oh, here, let's just listen to him. I think he's sounding great, by the way. Love it. I was up here at JR Crickets waiting on my turn to do the show. Wait a minute. I'm sitting at the bar, the dude walked up to the bartender and said, Bartender. Bartender said, Yeah. He said, Give me a bologna and cheese sandwich and uh, a cold 45 in the can. <laughs> Wait a minute. Dad looked at it and said, Bro, we don't serve that around here. You need to go to Blimpers or somewhere like that, right? Uh, this doesn't. And later, that man came back and said, Wait a minute. What? Give me a Coke 45 in a can and a bologna and cheese sandwich. Oh, what? Bartison said, Damn it, didn't I just tell you won't serve that? This does not sound like Barack Obama. Oh, actually, it does sound like Barack Obama. I mean, this is one of the stuff we had to put up with on Friday. And this guy, and first of all, I was disappointed that Fox News decided that they were going to carry the entire damn thing. Fox News carried the whole thing live. How many of you guys decided that you were going to, uh, to, to plug into the entirety of this thing uh, you know, and listen to Barack Obama for two hours complaining about Donald Trump and also, by the way, shouting out – this was ridiculous. There it was in, 
Illinois, and Jim Edgar was in the audience, right? So he's lauding the days when Republicans were nice guys like Jim Edgar and Governor Thompson and these guys. And you know what those guys did? Those guys destroyed, they destroyed Illinois. They're Republicans who cooperated with the Madigan Mafia to get pension plans out there that actually made the budget for the state of Illinois into a monstrosity. Yeah, man, I remember when uh, Jim, good Republicans like Jim Edgar, Governor Thompson. Oh, yeah, right. Those Republicans destroyed the state of Illinois. And there was Barack Obama lauding them back and forth and talking about how great it was, those days when Republicans were just demoral little lapdogs for the Madigan Mafia and beyond. But that's what we got on Friday. That's what we had to put up with was this bitter old former president who presided over eight years of a crappy economy and beyond, who did more to harm race relations in this country than anything else because he did nothing, first of all, for black people. And and black unemployment's at the lowest rate it's been in history, people. And it has nothing to do with Barack Obama, and he can't stand it. That's his problem. And so he got out there on Friday and decided he was going to go ahead and act as if he was still president of the United States, as if we missed him. You, now, let me ask you this. You miss this kind of garbage right here? If you've been successful, you, don't, you didn't get there on your own. Yeah. You, you didn't get there on your own. I, I'm always struck by people who think, well, it must be because I was just so smart. There are a lot of smart people out there. It must be because I worked harder than everybody else. Let me tell you something. There are a whole bunch of hardworking people out there. You missed this? If you were successful, somebody along the line gave you some help. Yeah. There was a great teacher somewhere in your life. Somebody helped to create this unbelievable American system that we had that allowed you to thrive. Somebody invested in roads and bridges. If you got a business, that you didn't build that. Somebody else made that happen. Yeah, you you, you remember that you didn't the famous you didn't build that speech. You know, we've talked about the uh, Gorbachev tear down that wall or ask not what your country can do for you, but you can do for your country. And we have the you didn't build that somebody else made that happen speech. You miss any of this? And then we had to put up with him on Friday, acting as if we all were somehow duped. That we we all had to we all we had to put up with this guy giving what was Hello, amounting to a commencement address. ILL. But it was but it was President Obama ILL. receiving the ethics ILL. award. Uh huh. Yeah. Checking to see if you're awake. And, and and we had to please have a seat, everybody. And we had to put up with this for God knows what was it? An hour and five minutes. And and every and and Fox News was the one that broke away. I don't even think CBS News or ABC News or NBC News even carried this thing live. Yeah, there was our there were our friends over at Fox News carrying the thing for an hour and five minutes. 
And we had to listen to him talk about the good old days and, and about how uh, President Trump is, is, is creating fear and division in this country. But the reality is this economy is absolutely flowing, ladies and gentlemen, not only for blacks, but for women and men. and his, I mean, c- c- get any category you want. And you're looking at a, a, a upwards of 4.5 GDP. You're looking at unemployment at the lowest it's been for blacks and minorities. Unemployment at the lowest it's been, period, in God knows how long. We've got manufacturing coming back. We even have peace. We even have peace. We have deregulation. We have, we have businesses that are now deciding to expand and grow and invest in their own companies now, hiring people left and right. And we got to put up with this garbage. I mean, Monopoly on. on wisdom. Yeah. Neither party has been exclusively responsible for us going backwards instead of forward. I mean, and, and, and how is it that we're actually going backwards, according to President Obama? But I, but I have to say this. Because sometimes we hear, oh, a plague on both your houses. I think, I think he was Over still going back to, back to Charlottesville. I, who, who, who doesn't stand up to well, Nazis? It's like, what are you, what are you talking about? Here in Illinois. This is just such old what, news pablum. Golly, I don't miss this guy. Corporate polluters with taxpayer dollars. Yeah, well, whatever. You mean? Oh, well, I guess we ought to we ought to focus on subsidizing the mood over in Iran, right? Barack Obama. Is that what we ought to be paying attention to? Because as, as as far as I know, I saw a plain load of cash that we sent over to Iran as part of this Iran nuke deal. As far as I know, last time I checked, there were stacks of cash coming off a plane at midnight. So who's subsidizing who, ladies and gentlemen? That's what we're seeing with Barack Obama. And you guys have already been through the sound bites, through the sound bites here and there, left and right. You've heard it already. You've heard it before. And that's what we got on Friday. And then all weekend long, of course, all the Sunday morning shows, all these guys just simply took the ball and ran with it. Oh, and they had, oh, Ben Sass was on Meet the Press saying how he had had enough of the Republican Party and blah, blah, blah. And, folks, most of us out here are sitting there going, what the hell is their problem? Like, what exactly is it that these people are bothered by? What exactly is it that's driving everybody crazy out there? And the reality is we kind of know what is it that's driving everybody nuts out there, particularly people like Barack Obama and others, and that is that we are seeing success. We are seeing economic success. We're even seeing a certain degree of, 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 of civil success. Well, you know, with the exception of the murder rates in these inner cities, we're seeing cities growing, believe it or not, in spite of the leadership in spite of the Democrat leadership, do you realize that in downtown St. Louis, there are nine hotels being built in downtown St. Louis right now? Nine. And, and that's not because of Mayor Krusen or the rest of the gang. That's because of the economy that is being rejuvenated and re-energized by none other than Donald Trump and his team of individuals who are who are working on this. Nine hotels being built downtown. 
that is, first of all, huge news. To, to a lot of you, you don't even know that's going on, right? Because, because, because it's all happening in spite of all of the individuals who said we couldn't do it, in spite of all the individuals who said, who said that Donald Trump was going to tank the economy. Instead, we're seeing an investment in a St. Louis city we haven't seen in decades. Nine hotels being built in downtown St. Louis. By the way, did you guys know that? You, you, probably, you probably didn't. But those are the kinds of things that are happening right now behind the scenes and ultimately you're going to see. But we're not worried about former presidents like Obama just whining and crabbing and complaining about everything. And, and having to go back, you notice he went back and he kept on like poking the whole racial issue here. And, 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 and trying to regurgitate and reinvigorate racial tensions in this country right now that we're not really wanting to participate in again. President Obama, for all of the claims that the election of the first black president, for all the individuals who claimed that that was going to be the be-all and the end-all, and that was going to solve all our problems. In fact, it went in the opposite direction. We had a guy who not only frustrated his own race because he did nothing for them, he also tried to piss them off by acting like it was all Whitey's fault. In the eight years, the first black president spending eight years blaming Whitey for the fact that things aren't going very well, that gets tiresome after a while. And, 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 and it certainly gets tiresome when we got to actually have him back in the fold on a Friday breaking all kinds of protocols that any other former president has ever made before. And comes out of the woodwork and is going to start campaigning basically against Donald Trump is what he's going to do. He's, going to, he's, he's running against Donald Trump. And he'll be around here up through 2020. And Donald Trump will, again, embarrass the likes of the Democrats and, indeed, the Republicans who are trying to stand against him right now. In 2020, believe me, this election in 2020 is over. Which is also why you've got a guy like Barack Obama complaining and whining and screaming from his porch. Because he's watching his legacy being absolutely drawn back. The only thing that's managed to survive is Obamacare. And that's only because Republicans continue to allow it to survive. Oh, I'm sorry, that and sanctuary cities and funding for Planned Parenthood and beyond. So all those things survive thanks to our guys, our trusty people in the Republican Party, who Donald Trump hopefully is ultimately going to weed out by 2020. When we see the likes of Claire McCaskill, John Tester, and some of these other Democrats go south, when we get rid of them finally, things will start to move. But for now, we're in a situation where we just simply do not have the uh, wherewithal to be able to fight some of these things. But so far, so good, at least on the front when it comes to the economy, which is why it's driving people like Barack Obama crazy, people.
and, and they finally have to call out the big guns and try to invent some stupid-ass award to give the president, the former president, the ethics award or whatever it is, just as, as, as an excuse to call him back into the fold. And even worse, really, in the end, the, 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 the worst part about it is that we have a former president getting out there and, uh, and complimenting former Republican governors of Illinois who have helped drive that state into the crapper fast. And that's what we had to put up with. And that's what we continue to put up with is these guys who are in a situation where they just simply absolutely want no success for this president and no success for you. I was talking to somebody the other day in the uh, church parking lot. It wasn't the other day. It was yesterday, as a matter of fact. She was looking for Radio Free Almond, and boom, found her. I hope, I hope Andrea, you, you have found Radio Free Almond on your iPhone. I told her uh, to uh, pop it on because she uh, had been missing me. And there are still a lot of people out there who uh, don't know that I'm still back on the radio, folks, 6 to 9. So make sure you get your friends out there on the Radio Free Almond app, RadioFreeAlmond.com. You can download it on, on your iPhone as well as your, uh, your Android. So just make sure people know. But then, nonetheless, I was talking to her about the upcoming election. and said, She said, you know, I, I've gotten to the point where, just like it was in 2016, I'm just not going to sit there and advertise that I am a Trump supporter. I'm not going to sit there and talk about the fact that I'm a Trump supporter. I've been there, done that, and I'm just keeping quiet, and I'm going to the voting booth, I'm going to the polls, and that's how things are going to fly. And that's how things are going to roll out in 2020. So you can we worry about people like Barack Obama, and we haze him and everything else. But the fact of the matter is, this guy has no power, no influence. You could tell on Friday when he sat there and pulled out all the stops on his on the usual suspects, racism and beyond. And, and that's all these guys have. You got to go all the way back to Charlottesville? Come on. Oh, and just wait, by the way. I don't know whether you guys uh, have seen this locally, but we're going to see the uh, – we're going to see the – anniversary of the Stockley verdict. Now, now, why individuals are celebrating or commemorating the anniversary of the Stockley verdict is beyond me. But we got the good news from the city councilor. They won't be charging the protesters who broke windows and lit fires and caused all kinds of crap out there on the streets of St. Louis. They won't charge one of them. So, that's great news that we uh, that that in in advertising the the anniversary of the Stockley verdict, the city councilor's office has put everybody on notice that if you commit some kind of crime, we're not going to charge you at all. What kind of what kind of policy is that? And Mama Kay says, "Hey, why are they building nine hotels downtown?" Well, you know what? For the life of me, these people are investing in a city that doesn't even care about itself. They're investing in a city where the city leaders don't even care about themselves. Somebody can come in here and, and, and burn a storefront or crack a window or do this and do that, and yet they get away with it. How is it responsible for the city council's office to advertise that they're not going to be, they're not going to be charging anybody 
who committed an act of vandalism or a crime back when the Stockley verdict actually happened. How is it responsible for the city council's office to come out and say they're not going to be charging these people? And oh, by the way, the anniversary of the Stockley verdict is coming up. What kind of loose cannon attitude is that when it comes to being able to advertise the fact that if you, as, as long as you cause some crap in the city, we're not going to come near you? It doesn't make any sense to me. But nonetheless, folks, I'm telling you, the big people in the room, the adults in the room, are the ones who are making everything go, the ones who are the engines of this economy, the ones who are getting it all together, and we're seeing the results. And all we have to do is bat these guys off like a bunch of flies because that's all, all we've got right now. They're trying everything, and finally they brought out the so-called big gun, and all it did was remind most of us that the bad old days are behind us. And the bad old days in the formulation of eight years of finger-wagging, and you didn't build that, somebody else made that happen, and you're white, therefore automatically you're a racist, those days are gone. And Barack Obama and all of his flying monkeys hate that. They can't stand that. It drives them crazy to watch what's going on. So, of course, they got to light fires. Of course, they got to find a Christopher Columbus statue to, to, to go grab or a Confederate statue here and there. They got to celebrate anniversaries of verdicts they don't like. That's all they've got. And that's all we're seeing out there, aided and abetted by the horrible leadership of people like Barack Obama, Claire McCaskill, and all the other Democrats out there who have nothing but fear to get them through the upcoming election. There's nothing they can talk about except for racism, except for made-up problems. The Russia collusion story is going right down into the crapper. Nothing's working out for these people. It must be terribly frustrating. And, and, they, and they can give each other all the ethics awards that, that exist, and it's still not going to solve their problems. D says, oh, my God, you said monkeys. Oh, yeah, I did. Uh Uh-oh. Here they come. Thank you, D. Appreciate that. Anyway, we've got – I'm I'm going to bring Kaysen on so I can scream at him for you today. We're going to just pretend Mark Kaysen is Barack Obama because we we are – just to get – just for sport. We've got that to talk about. Uh, We have uh, Ben Sass. The never-Trumper Republican is back in the fold again. You know, the guy who sat there in front of Bill Maher when Bill Maher used the N-word and just kind of smiled and grinned like a little pansy? Yeah, that Ben Sass. Now, apparently, the Republican Party is just too chaotic for him. Donald Trump is, is too chaotic for him. And it's interesting how instead of saying, yeah, this Omarosa thing is a bunch of crap, this Russia collusion thing is a bunch of crap, the Stormy Daniels thing is a bunch of crap, Ben Sass sits there and says, you know what? This is really causing so much chaos. Somebody writes an op-ed piece in the New York Times, and by the way, apparently they're kind of getting to the point where they're starting to narrow it down a little bit. And you guys know that when there are individuals who asked me about who – I thought was the writer of the editorial. I, I really honestly don't think it was the New York Times making it up. I, th- I, I told you it probably was a staff member of one of the cabinet members, and it turns out it probably was. 
You see, there are still a lot of these never-Trumper people who are on the staffs of cabinet members. Nikki Haley is one of them. Nikki Haley was never a never-Trumper, but she wasn't a big sympathizer of President Trump. In fact, they didn't get along very well. But nonetheless, he did go ahead and get her involved in his administration. But she has some hangers on. She has some uh, individuals who are who are staff members who were never Trumpers, I, I, and, and one of them in particular. And also there's a possibility that one of John Kelly's staff members might have written this too. I think it's pretty clear, as I predicted last week, that, the, that it's not a member of the cabinet but a staff member of one of these guys because they too can call them a senior administration official. They can, they can call them that as long as they're probably over 50, I guess. I don't know. But they can call themselves that, and, and it's being narrowed down to a couple of usual suspects. But again, a bunch of never-Trumpers still in the White House, but staff members of the cabinet members. Now, Nikki Haley came out with a pretty strident op-ed herself. And Nikki Haley came out and said, and it was in- interesting because why would she have come out with a op-ed piece. Why would she have done that if she didn't want to try to distance herself from the strong possibility this is one of her staffers? What do you think that uh, she would be, if, if, if you're Nikki Haley and suddenly you're coming out of nowhere with this editorial about, hey, well, you know, uh, I would have confronted him straight away. It's like, well, we didn't actually ask Nikki about anything uh, of the sort. What's up? Some people were comparing it to the the (laughs) O.J. Simpson, if I had done that or if I did commit the crime. It's kind of like, Nikki, I think you're protesting a little too much, but but the likelihood is that she's trying to distance herself away from the individuals who, uh, who... actually did write it, and they might actually have been working for her. So we're going to follow up on that. We're going to call Casey in here in just a little bit, and then also we're going to make sure that uh, Jimmy Carafano gets on with us right at 7 o'clock to kind of double back on uh, some things that are going on around the world, but also uh, domestically as well, especially with the Mueller investigation. We'll we'll follow up on that. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, check this out. We're going to go right to our national anthem, please. Good morning this morning. Selling recording artist Demi Lovato.
These were all women who won it. Yeah. There are Live from the Discovery Design Studios, DiscoveryDesignInc.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Radio Free Almond, and thanks for joining us. I want to thank my brand new sponsor here, Golden Oak Lending. If you have credit card debt, Golden Oak has the expertise to show you exactly how to how to loosen yourself up a little bit, people. You know, people don't call because they don't think sometimes that a place like Golden Oak can save them money. But you know what Golden Oak will do? They'll give you a brand new free mortgage checkup. So what they'll do is they'll go ahead and check into what your home value is. They'll check into what the rates are. Costs you nothing. They take all the risk. They can close your loan, appraisal, no charge at all. And you know, it's interesting too. There are three big like refi companies in, in the country. I'm talking about in the country. And Golden Oak is one of them, and yet they're your hometown lender. They're right here in, in town. So you're having people who, with Golden Oak, understand all the home values here, the home values there. When you tell them where you live, they know where you live. They've been there, done that, been there before. They've done loans there before. So whether you're home buying or you're trying to refi and erase that credit card debt, they're there for you. 314-567-GOLD. 314-567-GOLD. You're looking for a home? They will pre-approve you right over the phone. Everything in-house. Everything is in-house. They're not farming this out to some somebody else, some stranger out there from some other land. It's all here. It's all here going to have the president on just a little later on in the week. And I hope that you can call them, if, if anything, and thank them for supporting Radio Free Almond. 314-567-GOLD. 314-567-GOLD. A couple of 
double-digit credit card interest. What are you people doing? Why are you Why are you involving yourself in that? Why are you doing that to yourself? Well, you should see Jim Carrey. I know that he's insufferable, but he was on with uh, Bill Maher. And these guys get a major thing wrong, as do a lot of individuals who have no idea what enumerated powers are, what the Constitution is, whatever. They talk about military spending like it's a welfare program. When the reality is, military spending in this country, defense is one of the enumerated powers. You can argue all you want about whether or not we are wasting money in our military spending or whether we're buying too much here and buying too much there. But believe me, military spending as a portion of our budget is not a problem in this country. But you talk to the likes of Bill Maher and Jim Carrey and the rest of the gang, you'd think that that was a major problem. The reality is three-quarters of our budget is spent on entitlements in this country, not on bombs and airplanes and those kinds of things. But you'd think, based on what Bill Maher and Jim Carrey are talking about, uh, that that is a major problem. I'm going to go ahead and get... uh, I'm going to get... I'm going to get... I just I, I I I was thinking of maybe even skipping him just because it's been so frustrating. But I'm gonna call him anyway. You know, why why not why not, you know when you uh, can yell at somebody call him. He's probably ready. And and, and I can't wait I can't wait to hear how he is gonna slobber all over uh slobber all over Barack Obama. Hang on. Here. Can't wait till I get actually like real phone lines in here. Call him up. See, if I had all kinds of things going too, that really would sound really racist on, on, on his front. I might still do it. I had, I had like uh, I had like Nipsey Russell ready to roll, or Grady from Sanford and Son. Oh, hold on a second here. Let me let me turn this thing off here real quickly. Hey, man. Did you did you did you like that uh, monstrosity we saw on Friday? The 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 uh, uh, Obozo getting the ethics award. How how did how did that manage to come about? How did we manage to have this guy in our midst again? Don't you think that it's amazing that the entire country, you know, less about thirty five percent, but but mostly the entire country was extremely happy to hear him and. Although, you know, I've had problems with him being timid in dealing with Republicans. Um, I think that he made a great point, one that, that, that resonates with the entire country. How hard is it to talk bad about Nazis? 
you know, this is an amazing situation. And he's speaking up because the president, whoever that is, is acting crazy as a madman. And so he is responding, as you said earlier, that this is not the norm. But what's going on is not the norm. That's why his whole administration is turned on him. That's why there's, you've got the op-ed piece explaining that, that people within that administration are trying to take him down. I, I, don't, I don't get what you don't get. I don't get how President Obama can hit the stage against the backdrop of his, I guess he's got a new post-presidential theme now, but I'm surprised how he can hit the stage and come up with all that jive about how America now is more divided than ever. I don't think it was ever more divided than when he was president of the United States. I don't know how that got in there. It's terrible. Yeah, I, I, are you, are you having problems hearing? Yeah, no, I, yes, I am a little bit. Hey, here, hold yeah. um, I don't, I, I, all these themes keep popping up. Hey, hey, hey. It's Barack uh, Obama. Yeah, things happen. I mean, you anyway. know, I, I mean, listen, all I'm saying is yeah. this guy gets out there and he's, he, all he does is he comes across like a bitter old man. He really does. I mean, he came across like he was sitting on his front porch screaming at traffic going by and, and complaining about, what, Charlottesville still? I mean, again, Mark, seriously, how is it that this is what's, what's going to get you guys through uh, 2020 and 2018 by somehow uh, trying to regurgitate racial divisions and everything else. I don't understand, like, what the tactic is here. I don't get it. Because because most of us, most of the people watching Barack Obama sling his hash out there on, on that stage in Illinois, uh, you know, are, are saying, wait a minute, I don't see this world this guy's talking about. I mean, I, I see it, you know, during the campaign and all the stuff about how Trump's a racist, Trump's a this, Trump's a that. But we're not seeing any of this. The economy is doing great. People are watching their friends buy boats and get jobs or have their have their wages increased and and people are building. I mean, I, I just mentioned there are nine hotels being built in downtown St. Louis now, and these are plans that just came about for crying out loud. So we're not seeing what what President Obama. It, it, it seems so old and outdated. Yeah, as he pointed out, Obama. Uh, his expansion now continues uh, as it has throughout his entire presidency. So Obama the economic part, you know, I don't even know what we're talking about. The only people who disagree is, you know, you, you got your guy, Stephen Moore, the quack. But, but other than that, and Kudlow, who's got serious problems, and not really an economist anyway, he's a television commentator, honestly. But Beyond all that, Obama let's get away that. The, the polls Obama are showing that, that the senators who are supposed to be winning in the red states are getting clobbered. Wait for six weeks and wait till you see these numbers. Wait, wait. This what is, numbers are you? What what numbers are you referring to? Every single. I mean, it, go Somebody to to uh, Indiana, uh, here in in, in Missouri. 
Claire Somebody is dead, even when she should happen. be getting killed. Um, go go around. Mansion is 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 far ahead. Um, Heidi Hyde Camp is ahead. Everybody's ahead. Every single one now. In six weeks, if, if if the Republicans win everything, you can say, Kaysen, don't ever Obama quote a poll to me again. And we can discuss that. Let me but ask you I'm something. I'm telling you this. Yeah. You really th- do you really think that Claire McCaskill thinks it's a great idea to have Barack Obama on the stump again? Just reminding everybody how what a what a dark period in history these eight years were with him at the helm? I, I don't. I mean, this has got to be this has got to be terrifying to these guys. Because listen, I realize that Obama, to a certain degree, is beloved. I, I mean, I get that. I mean, I, I mean, I. Obama is a Mac Daddy. I mean, I, I understand that people still do like the guy, but the bottom line is, for a lot of Americans who, are especially blue collar voters and and mainstream Americans, some of them who are in the trades and who previously voted Democrat. For a lot of individuals, when they when they see Barack Obama, they're reminded that they didn't have a job. They're reminded that all they had was a president who talked about race incessantly, but never about the economy. And when he did talk about the economy, he said that uh, people who are small business people didn't build that. Somebody else made that happen. It's like, come on now. Most people are reminded of the dark ages when they see him. Not the bright side of America. I'm sorry to say. Now, you can say all you want and 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 think all you want when it comes to uh, uh, what people are going to turn this into in this in the Senate races. But all, I, all I'm telling you is, if I'm Claire McCaskill, I don't want I, I don't want to be near Barack Obama at this stage of the game. Yeah, in six weeks we're going to sit stand in that studio <laughs> yeah. and 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 look at each other. Yeah, I know. And 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 chair through these numbers. But I just don't know how you're going to explain that. I mean, I don't even like calling it a blue wave. Let, let's just call it a landslide uh, against Republicanism that's coming in six weeks. I, I, I'm surprised you don't see it, but I'll tell you this. We're going to find out. Well, we, I, I seem to recall these very same words somewhere around Halloween in 2016 and you were talking about how yeah just give it a couple weeks and uh you know we'll we'll all be back to normal and and hillary clinton will be president of the united states and you know what it didn't work out then i don't think it's going to work out now where are you seeing these poll numbers by the way uh showing that 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 somehow claire mccaskill is going to run away with this election or heidi heidkamp or these away. other folks not run away just just Probably in Claire's case, she'll she'll likely eke out a, a very small win. But in other states, it's incredible what's what's going on in terms of the numbers. It real clear politics has these numbers. Um, you can you can get the numbers from uh, 538 from Nate Silver. But you know you can also look at your favorite, which is Rasmussen. Rasmussen shows, if you dig in, I've told you before, if you dig into that poll, uh, 33% of the people actually like Donald Trump. They come up with this other crazy number that gets them to 47, and everybody else says it's not true. So, you know, we're, we're going to wait and see. I mean, I, look, yeah. you've got 
you, you've got a, a very important Supreme Court nomination in front of everybody right now. And I don't know. I think the Democrats may surprise you and, and step all over this thing and stop this guy. But I might be wrong on that one. I hope not. The only thing surprising to me is that Democrats think that Barack Obama running around wagging his finger at all of us and talking about how Whitey ruined the world is isn't going to really work out well for Democrats. It just is. It, he's, it, it's there's there's too much progress too soon for people to actually think that Barack Obama is the answer. I'm sorry, but in 600 days, this country has wildly changed to the point where you guys are out running after Christopher Columbus statues now. You have nothing else to do. I'm sorry, man. I hate to be so mean, but that's just how it's going. No, you're not being mean. You're not being mean. And, and look, Whitey has wrecked the world. That, <laughs> that's a fact. I mean, it, listen, that... They teach that in universities all over the country. They got special courses for that. So, Actually, you know what? Actually, you know, I, 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 I just experienced that in my son's own school where the, um, where the diversity director of the school decided he was going to go and lecture middle schoolers on how racist Francis Scott Key was. And also in a Catholic high school, by the way, instructing the students that putting your hand over your heart is a sign of idolatry, which, by the way, is not Catholic church teaching, which is disturbing in itself. So, no, I'm very well aware of uh, individuals out there within not only our colleges, but now also apparently in our high schools and middle schools who are corrupting all these young minds out there. Because that's the only way you guys – and I even still, though, the problem is that, see, uh, my son Aiden and other kids – are watching uh, their parents prosper and are watching their parents' businesses grow and all that kind of thing. And so when they hear some guy uh, blathering on about Francis Scott Key being a racist, they just stop listening after a while, Mark. At some point, you know what? You guys are going to have to get a a better rap somewhere along the line. Yeah, I have to tell you, I, I would never teach a class that way. I really never, absolutely never. I don't. I corrupt the kids' minds in a different way that's far more powerful, and that is is I ask them to ask the questions and to challenge and to and to research. Yes. And they find they find out these things on their own, and then it's up to them to decide what they believe. Okay. Because I don't want to do that. All right, buddy. Well, listen, thanks for uh, being on with me. I appreciate you uh, taking the hit. And by the way, I just want to let you know, I, I did. I, I was really privileged to be uh, the guest lecturer at a school over the weekend. It was like one of these little seminar things, and I was a guest lecturer there. You want to hear? I recorded myself. You want to you hear me? Uh, I, yeah, what did you Yellow bomber or something? I don't know. No, I, I I gave a speech. It was it was very compelling. No, everybody fine. everybody thought you here. Listen, listen. This is this is me. I, I don't I don't want to name the school because I don't want to you know embarrass them yeah. or anything. But but they had me on and and I don't want any blowback. You know how the trolls are. So I don't want sure, to name the school. I but I but I went ahead and put a, I'm, I'll put the video of myself up there. But uh, this is me. Yeah, this, I'd this like is, to, oh, I'd love to see it. Sure. This uh, and, and I gotta tell you, I've got some students coming in. Uh, when I come in the studio, are going to come in to see us uh, do our thing, um, and I, oh, good. you'll know where they're from. You'll, I mean, 
they're they're coming from they're going to be coming from Clayton High School, and they can't oh, good. they can't wait. To, oh, yeah, they can't wait to come in and see. Well, you, this so. school, the school um, where I was doing this lecture, was not far from Clayton High School. But here, listen, listen to just a little bit of my speech. It was pretty good. Sure. Obama is a Mac Daddy. Obama pimps white women and black women. He got started. You didn't notice him till he brought out those big chested white women with their tight T-shirts and their short pants. That's what a pimp does. I know it doesn't really sound a lot like me, but I just uh, just want to let you know. That was kind of the gist of what I was trying to say because I would not have gone out there and said that had Obama not come out there on Friday, but I had to, I had to give the speech, you know. Oh, come on! I mean, I had to get out there and talk. Anyway, it's a long no, way to go for that joke, wasn't it? All right. I got to go because yeah. I got to call Carafano. Do it. All right, Bye. buddy. All right. And, and, and bring your students in great. And then also, uh, Mark and I have something in the works for uh, perhaps later on. So, uh, hey, dude, listen, next time I'm the one who hangs up the phone, not you. Did you guys think that was pretty funny when I did that, though? I think I did. I, think I, I thought it was. Here. I'll let you, you don't get your campaign started with a big chested white woman. Uh, she must be a 54D, double D. And a pair of white, a pair of shorts on. That's what started his campaign. He put his name on two big 54 Ds. Obama. <laughs> Jim Carafato. Good morning, Jim Carafato. How are you? It's Jamie Allman here at the beautiful studios of Radio Free Allman, brought to you by DiscoveryDesignInc.com. How are you, buddy? Hey, good, my friend. How you doing? Uh, good. Uh, very chipper this morning. Uh, very great weekend. And just kind of things, happy days are here again, it looks like, even on the foreign relations front. Can I just go a quick question, though? Sure. I know that there was that op-ed in the New York Times. I know they're trying to zero in on who did it. I had said last week that the likelihood that if it was not the New York Times itself, then it was probably somebody who is a staffer of one of the cabinet members. I was almost sure it was not a cabinet member or anybody who actually is is tied to President Trump directly. And 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 if you can just school us a little bit on not what you think cuz I I'm I'm not quite sure cuz there there was some talk about Nikki Haley's people or whatever. But but when when people are sourced like when like when they're called senior administration officials or senior this or how does that work? Like, like, one, like a staffer of a Nikki Haley could easily be described in the New York Times piece as a senior administration official, correct or not correct? Well, that's totally up to the New York Times editors because they get to decide the, the protocol for how they describe officials. Okay. So you'd have to ask the New York Times that. Okay. So, so, they, so but what I'm saying is generally – it, 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 let's put it this way. It can be anybody. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's unlikely that it is the, uh, the security guard on the Pennsylvania Avenue side and, uh, probably not the pastry chef, <laughs> uh, right. but, uh, and you know, most likely not an intern, but it could be, um, uh, it could be a, a person who never sees the president could be described as a senior official. Okay. That that's what I was that's what I was getting. I was just wondering about it because I know you're kinda in 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 on that in terms of how things work uh in Washington well, when it I, comes to sources. But I, yeah. You know, looking you know, I read it and you know of course I'm I don't work in the White House, so what do I know? But I have been tracking their foreign policy for 
day, since day one. And when I read the section on foreign policy and the description about how foreign policy get made, first of all, is it very generic. Second of all, it, it kind of parroted stuff that we've heard way all, you know, we've heard this criticism a thousand times before. And third is it doesn't sound to me like it was written by somebody who actually was part of the decision-making process because there are, there are three decisions that I tracked very, very closely. Um, the decision on withdrawing from JPCOA, the um, Afghanistan policy, and the decision to move the embassy. And nothing in that article or in that op-ed sounds at all like the process that was described to me by multiple officials. Hmm. Um, so, so I just have questions about whether it was written by somebody who actually was part of the process or is actually just parroting stuff that they've read. Oh, I see. All right. So, well, that, that, that's interesting. Cause I, I had, um, I, it's curious. I'm sure there are a bunch of people out there in Washington in the know who, uh, like like for you, looking at it, there are certain clues that no one else really, no normal uh, average everyday person you, will pick thank up. Thank you on. for calling me not normal. I appreciate. Well, that. what I mean is, like, yeah, your your expertise, <laughs> you're able to you're able to a lot. There, I'm sure there were a lot of dead giveaways for a lot of people about not only not just who this person was, but who that person is not. Yeah, and and I thought Woodward's criticism the other day on the press is actually quite. Uh, prescient where he basically said, look, this doesn't really rise to the qual to the quality of what should appear on a major op-ed paper. It was very generic. Um, there was nothing new in it. Um, and other than the fact that of the salacious claim that it was written by somebody that was close to the president, it, it didn't really merit the level of, um, informative value that you would expect reading an op-ed page from say the wall street journal or the New York times or the Washington post. Yeah, which makes which is a veiled criticism. Just saying, hey, New York Times printed this because it was sensational, not because it had it. it the news there was news value there. Yeah, right, exactly. All right, so how how was your trip to Croatia, by the way? So it was extremely informative. Um, there were probably like fourteen ministers there from different European countries, so uh, it really allowed me to cover a lot of a lot of ground on a lot of countries in a very short amount of time. So from that perspective, it's pretty awesome. And the weather was nice too. Yeah. Well, I, I, I just hear it's absolutely beautiful there. I, I noticed too, because I mean, I, I never miss a chance to talk about how great uh, Italy is, but I'm looking at two different Western European nations here. Uh, and, and unless there's something else you want to discuss, cause I, I, I mean, I, the, this thing with, uh, because right now I, I was one quick question before I get to the France and the Italy thing. I was thinking this just uh, yesterday because I, it was I was remarkable to me. Remember, we went through a period of time where we kept seeing all of these beheadings and these you know these eerie uh, videotapes of people being marched out to some beach right. and having their heads cut off and everything else. And it's really interesting to me how that doesn't seem to be happening anymore. And it occurred to me, I'm like, does that mean that we have we like like that one dude who was cutting everybody's heads off with that mask on? Where is he? And and, and where are all these guys? Are they all dead? Um, 
a lot. Some of them are dead. Uh, some of them we we still won't have a, a beat on, and there are are still um, you know thousands of foreign fighters who are, remain in the region, which is actually a reflection on this this ban that you know there's a reason why Trump put the ban in place, and it wasn't because he hated Muslims or whatever. It's because he wanted to keep those people from flowing to the United States because the countries where he designated were the countries the foreign fighters were likely to go, and then from there, likely to try to go someplace else. And so he put measures in place to keep them from coming here. And the irony of this is there's no news about this, but virtually every country does similar things. So, for example, I, w- I was in some small countries in Central Europe. They have a num- some number of their citizens that went volunteered to go be foreign fighters because, you know, there's actually a fairly large Muslim population century of used to be part of the Ottoman Empire. They keep track on those individuals and their families uh, where they are um, if they try to come back to their country. So the irony is, is everybody is doing exactly what Trump's trying to do. He was maybe more efficient on it. It was a lot more high profile, but it was not uh, motivated by racism or xenophobia. It was motivated by national security. And the truth of that now is, is, is these guys are, and girls are still kind of roaming around the region. Yeah, and and it's it's when you when you talked about them being on the move, that was true. I mean, that's in fact how we 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 were chasing them. We were seeing that they were actually trying to get the hell out of Dodge and 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 sneak into Georgia, whatever it was. They were they were they were definitely on the move. And so people don't realize that that's one of the things that precipitated the president's ban was 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 the was the knowledge right. that these people were looking for some looking for somewhere to go. Yeah, you know Jordan for Jordan closed its borders. So is Jordan anti-Muslim? Yeah, I, the, and the answer is no. Yeah, just right. Didn't want the Yahoos coming into Jordan. So um, Turkey's one destination. Um, a lot of them try to get to uh, North Africa. That's another place. Um, and then some of them might try to go to other. It, it's actually difficult to get in the conflict zones, like to get to Yemen, yeah, and some of those other places, or the Sinai, but. Well, yeah. and, and Jimmy, now, and, and especially when you mentioned North Africa, then, then you, once you get towards North Africa, then suddenly you've got the Western Europe problem. And, and uh, right. then suddenly you've got people popping into Germany. That's why unfettered borders, for instance, uh, that Merkel is overseeing, is, is right. endangering the Western Europe over there. So, so right now what we're seeing is, because is, they've been really, really hard about shutting down the Mediterranean, people kind of sailing across. So one of the one of the things we're seeing is Albania. So as a route to get into Western Europe. And and the other thing is is it doesn't matter where these individuals go in Western Europe. Once they go in Western Europe, they they go to France, Denmark, Germany, uh, or Sweden or I mean that's that that's what they all do. Or yeah. Norway. Yeah. Well, and 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 then so and speaking of Western Europe, so I noticed that uh, France and Germany are both having issues regarding their borders, and certainly regarding trouble and that kind of thing. And I noticed that Italy is kind of going in a different direction, and that and that they're trying to resolve uh, the potential for infiltration by uh, by well by hardening up their cultural ideals a little bit. And I, I know it's kind of a long way to go 
and I'll talk about this after you and I are off because I, I won't bother with a lecture about it. But it seems to me that that you know one of the things that precipitates trouble when it comes to infiltration by people who are either terrorists or people who want to kind of get a hold on things and change completely a culture is the weakness of their destination point. So Germany, as we've seen throughout uh, the, the few decades since World War II, has constantly kind of played down any kind of nationalism whatsoever because their history with nationalism has been one of embarrassment yeah. and, you know, you can't go anywhere right. without them apologizing for the Holocaust. And, and people aren't going to – and, and, and they've become a lot more secularized, everything else. And I think they become attractive – to people who otherwise would be able to kind of change the culture from within. Italy, on the other hand, this new Italian government just decided they're, they're going to introduce a ban on Sunday shopping to, to try to defend family traditions. I mean, it looks like Italy is going the exact opposite direction than some of these other countries are. Yeah, this is actually something that we've been looking at because it actually is a foreign policy issue. One of the things that we talk about is this debate about defending Western civilization, um, which is actually something that I think the transatlantic community has in common because we have common roots. And the issue of who are we and what are we defending? So we're actually holding a, um, a seminar on this in um, actually a week or two. Wow. Um, so we went back and looked at, at uh, Vaclav Havel's um, speeches and, and letters that he wrote in the 90s as the Czech Republic was joining the European Union and, and he was trying to explain the kind of future thing. And he was actually a proponent of this this notion of, you know, why are we doing this? Why are we joining the West? What are, what are we walking away from in communism? And, and he talked about this notion of defending European civilization. And we went back and read his work and he really focused on three things. is the, the root of what makes you who you are in the modern world. And he talked about the role of religion. Not that people could not have different religions or people could not have a religion if they didn't want to, but that your ethical moral foundation is, comes from the religion, from religion that, and, and he talked about culture as a definition of part of who you are. And he also talked about the role of sovereignty and the role of popular sovereignty, essentially a community self-identifying as a people and creating a political community. And so in his definition of what is civilization, it is your culture, your religion, and your sovereignty, which is, I think, exactly what you're saying. Yeah, I, I, I guess I go back to two very distinct speeches that address that, but in two very opposite scenes and, and against two very opposite backdrops. I'll never forget his speech in Poland, which was a wonderful speech, uh, if only because it celebrated uh, Poland's culture and history. And people are wondering, why is he talking about this and talking about that and all these kind of lofty things? Well, because that's really important to a country. And there's a reason why Poland is not uh, ha having some of the problems that its neighbors are. And there's a reason why Poland is actually not, you know, suffering at the levels that some of its neighbors are. Right. And that's because of its of its not nationalism or and its its loving of its own culture, whatever. And here's the the other side's argument. Oh, nationalism, culture, 
religion. These are things that can be weaponized by authoritarian regimes to oppress people. Mm-hmm. And I would say, you're right. Yeah. Um, socialism, secularism, uh, multiculturalism. These are things that can be weaponized by authoritarian regimes to oppress people. So this notion of we can't have that because somebody might do – this is the argument against gun control. We can't have guns because somebody might do something bad with a gun. This is true of virtually everything, including ideas. So banning ideas because somebody might abuse them, that is, that is too simplistic an approach to public policy, particularly because in, in, by you having the authority to ban something, you then have taken power away from other people's, and that's, that's a problem. That's why we have popular sovereignty. That's why we have freedom of religion, not freedom from religion, and that's why we have the notion of patriotism. Because there, if, if we don't have something that binds us in common, we are not a common people. Not to, you know, I, this goes, we had this conversation before. This goes back to the Colin Kaepernick thing. Right. Is, you know, he has framed this as racism versus patriotism. I just think that's wrong. Patriotism about love of country. It's not, it's not excusing all your country's ills. It's not saying your country's perfect. It's not saying your country's better than everybody else. It's recognizing the common things to which we, that we are ascribing to to make a better community. I mean, humans, you know, we talk about human rights. You don't have to believe in God to believe in human rights and natural rights. We are creatures which have in our DNA this desire to be part of a community. And, and to self-identify as part of that community. It's, that's, that's how we survived the Ice Age, because we banded together and went out and hunt saber-toothed tigers, right? So with these, by, by trying to say you know, there is no such thing as a common bond, you know, we, we deny our basic humanity. And then they turn around and say, well, it's not okay to be patriotic. But it is okay to play identity politics and say that you're a victim because you're black, or you're a victim because you're Hispanic, or you're a victim because you're low-income. That's okay. Well, that's just another form of categorization, and identity politics is just another form of weaponizing ideas to to impose your power on other people. Well, and that's where the second aspect comes from. And I know you got to go here, but 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 that, so that we had the Polish speech, uh, the speech in Poland. Then we had the speech to the variety of Muslim countries, and 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 President Trump doesn't get enough credit for that particular speech, which I thought was absolutely remarkable, if only because he was fighting the same kind of weaponization. This time it was the weaponization of Islam, and that that is through radical Islam. And I'll never forget one of the highlights of the speech was very simple, and that was when President Trump sat there in front of these Muslim leaders and said, do you realize how beautiful your culture is? Do you realize what role you have had in the world, these Arab nations have had in the development of this world. Do you realize what beautiful art you have around here and what beautiful architecture? And people thought, oh, that's just simplistic and, and he's being materialistic. But the reality is that's, that's not at all. And I thought, that, I thought he, that had a lot of impact perhaps on even some of the younger individuals who uh, he was trying to urge to resist this weaponization of Islam and instead appreciate actually what Islam has contributed to the rest of the world. And I thought that was a wonderful speech that the president made there. Yeah, I mean, thanks for raising those two things. You know, it circles back to the fundamental problem we have here is everybody just cherry picks the Trump they want. 
they ignore they ignore major statesmen speeches like that, which kind of get to the nut of the great debate about what are we fighting for, and and they just focus on the tweets. Hey, great conversation, brother. Yeah, man, absolutely. I could talk about this stuff all day. I know you're busy. and well, You can't. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, though. <laughs> right. right on. All right, Jimmy. Thanks a ton, buddy. Right. Appreciate you Bye-bye. very much. Yeah, I mean, that that's really what, you know, and I've been, and I've been trying to, I'll never forget, I, and this was an article that I had read, and I've told you all about this a long time ago, but it was an article I had read about uh, where radical Islam picks and chooses its, its places to kind of seat itself. And, and, it, and it did focus on Germany. And this was well before Germany had any of these people who were any kind of immigration problem or migration problem or whatever. This was well before Germany couldn't even uh, – have its citizens wear swimming suits at a pool for fear of being leered at and groped by a bunch of weirdo, radical Islamists who came over from another country. This was well before they couldn't have New Year's Eve celebrations without a dozen German women being raped and sexually assaulted by a bunch of greasy-handed, radical Muslim crazies from North Africa or beyond. And this was well before any of that happened. This was well before, for instance, the United States of America even suffered uh, the debacle of 9-11, which is, by the way, the commemoration of which is tomorrow. And so this article pointed out that people who are wanting to change the fabric of a country or to uh, do damage to a country, whether it be in terms of its culture or in terms of its uh, well-being, or in terms of its sense of well-being, is they look for weaknesses. They look for, it's, it's not unlike a fungus looking for a hole in a tree. And eventually what happens is that fungus uh, takes over the tree and topples the tree. But it doesn't get in there unless there is a compromising of the tree. And much like sometimes even cancer is allowed to grow in the human body when there is some part of the body's immunity system that is compromised That's, or, or just catching a common cold. Uh, we all know that, you know, people say, you know, let's say they got to get more sleep. I have to eat better. I have to get more exercise because if I don't, then I'm going to allow, I'm going to get a cold. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get that. Well, it's not unlike a country and, and its culture. And Germany was used as an example here because they basically, uh, they basically uh, were ashamed of their culture post World War II. Uh, nationalism to them was a, uh, a was a reminder of Nazism, uh, and and that became a, a, a problem. And so, you know, because there are people who will tour Germany to this day who every time you turn around, they're saying, oh, by the way, uh, don't forget, we, we, we're sorry for the Holocaust. So they, they, they keep they, – they, and, and, and yes, I, I don't blame them for being sorry. But what I'm saying is uh, they've also become more secular. People just don't uh, go to church anymore in Germany. Germany has lost uh, its kind of uh, – national religion affiliations, those kinds of things. The opposite is true, for instance, of Poland. Uh, but the same goes for France. To a certain degree, Italy is in a similar situation. Uh, for as much as Italy is like this uh, awesome, uh, predominantly Catholic country, 
uh, with these beautiful Catholic churches and everything else, uh, and Catholic symbols and 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 all kinds of wonderful, majestic kinds of uh, pieces of art and the Vatican and everything else, uh, the church going there is very minimal. I mean, it, it culturally. Uh, Catholic, yes, but do they all go to church on a regular basis? Not really. I don't know how that happened. But it means something, though. And, and that's why you have the new Italian government introducing this ban on Sunday shopping. Because they want, they're trying to get people back into the fold of appreciating your, their culture and defending family traditions. Now, there will be a fight against that, obviously. There will be people who are saying, hey, it's the only time people can shop because they're working half the time. I get all that. But at some point, culturally, you're going to have to stand up for your traditions. And that's why, for instance, uh, you have individuals who are trying to make us ashamed of our national anthem. Make us ashamed of the American flag. Make us ashamed of being patriotic. Because if they can make us ashamed of being patriotic, if they can remove our statues, if they could try to erase historical values under the guise of, oh, those were the bad old days, then they could actually infuse their own version of America. They could actually infuse their own way of life. If they can get rid, and I'm not saying that a confederate, the confederacy is something that we should all still remain happy about or what have you. It is part of our history, though. And symbolically, just simply removing it, uh, removing a confederate statue is clearly a way. It's not unlike radical Islam to come and try to erase traditions, erase aspects of history so that they can replace it with their own history and their own cultural values. And so when Carafano and I were talking about the, this, this, this concept, uh, go back, go back and see the speeches that president Trump made in Poland, which I thought was an incredible speech and to the Arab nations. Remember when he spoke to all the leaders of those Arab nations, remember what he was focusing on. And it was, it was trying to get them, first of all, in Poland, it was, uh, was uh, reinforcing their already pre-existing love of their culture and reinforcing their pre-existing love of their country. But in the Muslim countries, he was trying to uh, reinforce, listen, Islam has done some amazing things in this world. Uh, peaceful Islam has achieved great things. Radical Islam is simply destructive and disgusting and bloody. And, and that's why he mentioned things in this, in this speech to uh, these leaders. That's why he mentioned artwork and architecture and those kinds of things. They might be simple things, but they're gigantic reflections of what a country is made of. So it's no wonder you have people who are trying to keep you from displaying your flag who are trying to keep you from displaying your religion, who are purposely, and I'm talking about purposely jacking up the definition of the separation of church and state, purposely getting it wrong, purposely trying to claim that it was an effort to keep religion out of the public square when the reality is it was to keep the public square out of religion. That was the purpose of Jefferson's letter to the church, 
trying to reassure them that the government wasn't going to get in their way. It wasn't about trying to keep the church from getting in everybody's way. It was about trying to keep the government from getting in the way of religion. But they purposely lie and misrepresent because they, 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 don't, they don't want they want to erase religious power in this country. They want to erase, erase religious institutions in this country because that way they can replace them. They weaken you. They can take you over. Not unlike a fungus on an injured tree. Not, not unlike a compromised immunity system. Uh, I'm sorry, immune system. They, they go, they get into holes. They get into places where that they can get into. And as long as they can, and sometimes those holes are just kind of natural. I get that. Sometimes things go away, but sometimes the holes are actually created by a constant stabbing at, 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 at the fabric of someone or something. So it's no wonder that I had to deal with this thing last week, and I'll continue to deal with this, where I had to, where my son, who's 13 going on 14, had to sit in a classroom at his school, his Catholic school, had to sit in his classroom and forced to listen to a staff member of this school tell him how racist Francis Scott Key was and how the national anthem is racist and how, and, and, and how my son had to sit through a classroom where, where he was told that putting your hand over your heart is a sign of idolatry. Never mind, by the way, that he's at a Catholic school, and that is not Catholic church teaching, by the way, that putting your hand over your heart is idolatry. So just on its very face alone, it didn't even live up to the standards that a Catholic school ought to be living up to by having someone out there purposely misrepresenting Catholic church teaching. There's a reason why this individual decided that he was going to tell a group of 13, 14-year-old boys that Michael Brown was actually innocent and that Darren Wilson uh, murdered Michael Brown. When the reality is, even if you believe that, a grand jury sure as hell didn't. So how is this guy going into my son's school purposely misrepresenting not only the Catholic faith and purposely misrepresenting the national anthem, purposely misrepresenting what, what it is to have your hand over your heart, and then, and then also rewriting the history of the Michael Brown case. You know why they're doing that, though, right? They're, and this guy, by the way, is the... Uh, is the, is the head of the diversity program at, at my son's school. Is, is that what diversity is? Because that's, that's what these people are claiming it is. Oh, and never mind that the guy was uh, talking about how Colin Kaepernick, when he takes a knee for the national anthem, is actually praying, which is the biggest bunch of bullshit that I've ever heard in my life. And I'm sorry to use that language, but you know what? This is Radio Free Almond, and I can. I rarely do. I rarely cuss. But that was some crap right there. That Colin Kaepernick is actually praying. What a bunch of crap that is. 
But there's a reason why these individuals and, – and, and is this what diversity is? Straighten my picture here. It's bugging me all day. Is that what – because that's exactly what they try to, to tell you what diversity is. Oh, we're just being diverse. Oh, really? You're being diverse by purposely uh, reversing a grand jury verdict? By purposely misrepresenting what the national anthem really is? Or the flag is? By purposely lying about what Colin Kaepernick is doing? Is that what diversity is? Is diversity going into a Catholic school, I guess predominantly white, and being a black dude and trying to shame my son and all the other kids into some kind of coercive weakness so you can go and, 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 and change the course of history and the course of this country? Is that what diversity is? By going in and trying to scold an entire race and make them feel guilty and push them around? Is that what you do to middle school kids? So... Uh, that that draw, drives me nuts, but that's what hap- that's what's happening all over the place. These people who who purposely, under the guise of diversity, really are just wanting to weaken you and destroy your institutions and destroy your traditions, so that they can create their own. And 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 so those kinds of, and that's not unlike a radical Muslim coming in. And doing the same thing, or, or radical anything, into these countries. They, they focus on weakness. And, and, and whether they be the weakness of a culture, or the fact that some kid is 13 years old and impressionable, they'll do whatever they can to, 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 to try to change the course, change society, change, change traditions, dismantle them, so that they can move in with their own line of crap. And, 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 you know, I, I told Aiden, because he and I had a discussion about this, because uh, uh, he was disturbed by this greatly. And, you know, yeah, he says his friends and his students were all kind of uh, laughing it off and, and doing whatever because, because, they, because they were uncomfortable. This wasn't just some guy brought in to uh, create. And, and you know where this was? This was in a theology class. That's what drove me nuts, too. And once I have a discussion with these people, I'll tell them, you know what, I could go to a street corner somewhere, wherever, and, have, and, and pay some hobo $3 to, to, to sling that garbage, to sling that misrepresentation. I could pay some jack-off 3 bucks to, to, to sling that stuff. But instead, I'm paying $22,000 a year to have my son sit there and listen to somebody who I'm paying tell him that. you got to be kidding me. So that, that drove me nuts. But that's what's happening all around this country, where people are trying to change. As Amy points out, yeah, it's, it's, what it, let's just call it what it is. It's freaking brainwashing. And and so at some point, you know, we, we have to start battling it and be proud of that. And, you know, our first step, to tell you the truth, was electing President Trump. 
Because that, that was a guy who's not afraid to just stand up for this country, to stand up for our borders, to stand up for our flag. And he's not afraid to call Colin Kaepernick out when he does that. As like, well, that's not the president's job. It's like, the hell it isn't the president's job. You know, we, 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 certainly we don't depend on the chief executive, the commander-in-chief, to defend our cultural values. we got to do that every single day, which is, which is why uh, we, we have to be not afraid to evangelize on behalf of this country and our flag. But, but there is not a chance in hell I'm going to tolerate Somebody uh, uh, paying somebody to tell my son that putting your hand over your heart is idolatry, or that or that or that uh, the American flag symbolizes racism, or this or the national anthem does. That's that's never going to happen. Especially when uh, that son has an older brother who defended that flag in Iraq, who turned twenty over there. This is driving me crazy. But you know what? You you have those discussions with these kids and you get them to, uh, and and that's all you can do is refute it. And and it's not about, you know, Confederate monuments or anything like that. I mean, listen, uh, but, but, but this guy who tried to act like, you know, here's a guy who will go into a, to, to a, a, a boys' Catholic school and wag his finger at them about how they're the problem. You know what? Your flag is the problem. Your star-spangled banner is the problem. Your cops are the problem. But wouldn't dare go to the west side of Chicago and wag his finger at all the blacks killing blacks and tell them that they're the problem. He'd never do that. You know why? Because he knows that if he goes there, well, first of all, they'd probably shoot him. But if he goes there, he's got to actually speak to people and, and get right at the problem. It's much easier to wander into a Catholic boys' school uh, and, 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 and blather on a bunch of misrepresentations to a few white kids and, 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 and deal with it that way. So that you don't have to actually confront the problem. And, and, and as I told Aiden at the time, and I know I talked about this last week, but I'm talking about it again because this is, this is, this is what's happening in our schools. This is what's happening uh, in, in our countries. This is what's happening in our churches where you have people who have decided they're just going to simply change the message and, 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 they're, and they're starting to have impact, uh, affect individuals. Uh, you know, and starting to 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 deal with impressionable uh, people, that that's what they're up to. But the same thing that dismantled the country of Germany and France is dismantling our parishes and our schools. It's this weakness. It's this. It's this being ashamed to stand up and and stand up for your values and your traditions. That's what's going on. And you have all these people milling about like tree fungus, just waiting to find that hole. And unfortunately, what's happening is uh, our churches and our schools are, 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 are allowing them to come in, and actually, if there's not a hole there, they're allowing them to come in and make a hole in there. Under the, under, under the guise of credibility. I mean, I would never have envisioned 
anywhere in 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 my worst nightmare that I would send my son to a school where he would be subjected to I I've never I've never heard such a thing in my life except from some insane whack job about holding your hand over your heart that that's a sign of idolatry I mean my, you got to be kidding me I never in a million years would have thought that or that we'd have to go uh, verse by verse of, of the national anthem, in, including a verse that is never sung, that somehow Francis Scott Key is a racist. I, I just, it, it, it's unbelievable to me. But, that's, but, but, but all this now is now in the mainstream. How could a person, how could a person go out there, uh, you know, uh, to, to, to students who read a newspaper, they can read, they read that a grand jury absolved Darren Wilson. So how is it possible that an employee of a school that is being paid for by their parents can come in and tell them that Michael Brown was, was murdered? I mean, how, how is it possible? But that's what these guys do, and, and, and it's all done under the guise of credibility and of, 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 of sanity. Yeah, Vicky. Of course, I complained. But but yeah, I mean, and in fact, I'm. Cha- I, I want this guy either either to subject himself to a debate with me, or allow me to actually uh, print something in whatever newsletter they have or whatever that refutes him line by line, or at least offers another opinion. But that that was that was driving me crazy. But that's what these individuals do, though. Uh, and so, it, again, it doesn't matter with whether it's uh, tree fungus, a cancer cell, a common cold, a radical Muslim, a black racist. They'll always look for ways to try to dismantle people and dismantle cultures and dismantle traditions in, in, with the sole purpose of simply wanting to create their own. That's what that's all about. But anyway, I read that article a long time ago, and now as we get into, uh, as we get into uh, the, the, oh, and by the way, look what else is happening in our, in our culture. Now, uh, the, the, why is it that we, we, are, we shy away from celebrating the anniversaries of the founding of our country? Or the anniversaries of great things that happened in this country? Why is it that we, 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 we shy away from those and, and, and you go to Google in the search engine and, they'll, and they'll, 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 it'll, it'll be, uh, it won't be George Washington's birthday, it'll be uh, the, the birth of, you know, who knows, a dinosaur someplace. We, we don't celebrate the important anniversaries here. You know what the anniversary I just read about? The anniversary of the Stockley verdict. First of all, how do you even call that an anniversary? And why even revisit the Stockley verdict? Well, you know why? It's just like when Obozo went out there on Friday and reminded us of, of Trump's reaction to Charlottesville, which I still totally refute. Because these guys have nothing, so they have to keep on poking at all these things to, to make sure you're reminded. Now, remember... Charlottesville and President Trump and what he said. So make sure you vote Democrat in 2018. It's like, um, what? 
But that's what they do. The currency of Democrats and liberals is fear. It's why they have managed to keep blacks down this long and why it required a white Republican to come and reduce black unemployment to historic levels. Because Barack Obama didn't do crap to help black people. Remember asking, well, what did he do? He got elected. It's like, yeah, that, what, an, what an accomplishment is that? And now he's now now all he's, he, he he reminds me of is some old bitter ass man on a porch screaming at cars that go by. Hey, you remember what? It's like yeah, really. And and oh, and reminding us how what a great governor Jim Edgar was, a Republican. Yeah, back in the day, you know those good Republicans like Jim Edgar. Oh, you mean Jim Edgar, the one who uh, sat there and and broke bread and and bought into the Madigan Mafia. And gave us pension plans that we can't withstand? That's sinking state government? Not, you mean that guy, Barack Obama? But it's why, it's why Obama could come in and try to remind us. Now, remember what uh, President Trump said when Charlottesville happened? Why you can't apologize to a Nazi? It's like, dude, first of all, where did that accent come from? Because that dude hasn't spent one minute in any urban setting at all. So I don't know, I even know, I don't know why he's talking like Nipsey Russell all of a sudden. Or Sinbad. I mean, come on, man. Who are you kidding? But anyway, he goes out there, and he starts talking about that, and the post-dispatch is going to remind us of the Stockley verdict. Hey, remember the Stockley verdict? Yeah, don't you, don't you remember how angry you were? Yeah. Remember that? Remember how mad you were? And not only that, then, then we have our esteemed city councilor in the city of St. Louis saying, oh, by the way, remember the uh, Stockley verdict, and by the way, Remember also that we're not filing charges against anybody who broke windows or started fires during that time. Just let you know. How is it possible that a newspaper can go out there and, 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 and talk about the, the Stockley verdict anniversary and at the same time subhead it with, by the way, protesters from the, the previous Stockley verdict protests are not going to be charged with anything. The city councilor says, oh, we're not, we're not going to file charges. Great. That, that ought to, that ought to um, pave the way for, everybody to, for all hell to break loose on the anniversary. I mean, I don't, I don't understand what the, what, the, what the reasoning is. Well, it's because these people are radicals and they, they want more riots. They want more trouble. They want more windows broken. Because what else are they going to do? Nine hotels being built in the city of St. Louis right now in spite of Lyda Cruson and all her left-wing idiots. They're doing it because of President Trump. So thank you, President Trump, for actually uh, helping revitalize the city where these other left-wing kooks won't. They'll just keep on doing whatever they're doing. I know. Let's remind everybody of the Stockley verdict. I know. Let's just let them run through the streets. I know. Let's tell everybody on the anniversary of the Stockley verdict that we're not going to file charges against people who burned stuff, broke windows last time around. What kind of adults are these people? But, but, they, but agitation is their currency. Reminding blacks about slavery is their no, no black person on earth would have known that Confederate statue was there until uh, some white liberal guiltist brought it up. 
I mean, most people don't even, you know, and that's why I told, I told Aiden, too. I said, you know, uh, don't buy what this guy's selling there at your school there, buddy. Because uh, all you have to do is ask him uh, how many blacks have been killed by a Confederate statue. How many blacks have been killed by Francis Scott Key? How many blacks have been killed by an American flag? How many blacks have been killed by cops? Compare all those numbers to how many blacks who've been killed by blacks, and you have everything you need to know. Tomorrow, the uh, anniversary of, uh, of 9-11, what do you think is going to get more attention, the anniversary of the Stockley verdict or the anniversary of 9-11? Which, by the way, is happening on the um, on the uh, very same day it happened, Tuesday. Nine two thousand one nine eleven was it was a Tuesday, and 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 that attack on this country was a direct result of the fact that they could they could do it. And 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 believe me, the radical mooge, they're very patient people. This took 10 years to plan. And they and and the first shot across the bow was in 1993. And uh, they and they uh and and they tried it the first time. And 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 nothing really happened. There was a trial here, trial there, whatever. But it went through. It went through the nineties, uh, and, and and what happened is we 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 uh, we went through a period of time in the nineties, and of course uh, uh, um, Clinton was too busy defending himself against uh, stuffing cigars up interns in the Oval Office, so he was preoccupied. John Brennan, by the way, was in uh, in Riyadh in nineteen ninety eight. He was the CIA officer in charge of uh, protecting the people there. And what did we get? 17 U.S. servicemen killed by the Mooj in a bomb. Every two years, we just abs- what we did was we, we sacrificed 25 Americans here, 30 Americans there, Achille Lauro, blah, blah, blah. And it all actually began in 1983 with the Beirut barracks bombing. That was the first sign that these guys meant business. But, eh, but uh, throw uh, uh, Leon Klinghoffer off the, off the ship. So what? Ho, ho-hum. Terrorism all throughout the world. But for Americans, we just sat there and 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 sacrificed thirty Americans, twenty five to the to the Muj gods, and called it a day. So, what do you think is going to happen when, when when that happens? Oh yeah, let's become more diverse. Let's start to have all these uh, people here on education and visa programs. Let's let's more diverse, more diversity. These guys who were here who planned nine eleven were here legally. Wandering around, taking flight lessons and doing all that kind of stuff because we weren't paying attention. Because heaven forbid you start to get a handle on your, on your borders or on your security because then you're going to be called a racist. So there we are. You know, we're sitting there, uh, and, then, and then suddenly um, 
we were attacked on 9-11, and apparently it's a surprise. But let me tell you something. The people who were least surprised were the people in the U.S. government because they knew these guys were pushing around, and they knew these guys were hunting around. They, they just didn't, didn't know where. They didn't know, you know. I mean, you, you look at what the FBI did in the aftermath of 9-11 and all kinds of signs and signals. They planned this 10 years, the money coming in, the bank statement. It was, it's amazing the planning that went into this thing. Right under the noses of the people uh, who are right now in the deep state wagging their finger at how dangerous Donald Trump is. The James Clappers of the world and the John Brennans of the world and the Bill Clintons of the world and the Hillary Clintons of the world and the Barack Obamas of the world. Yeah, come on, man. I mean, it, 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 so the fact of the matter is when we are weak on all levels, whether it be weak in a classroom, weak in a pew, weak in a football game, weak in national security, weak in defense, weak in our borders, weak in our culture, you're going to get people who are going to take advantage of you and, and, and stomp on you when they can and infiltrate you and, and sicken you as much as they can. So that's why it's important to stand up for your flag, stand up for your faith, stand up for your fellow citizens, stand up for, for uh, your child's education, stand up for your borders, stand up for your constitution, F these people. I'm serious. I mean, at some point, you know what? And, and that's why it's so great to be able to have this freedom that we have to suddenly, sp- to, well, not suddenly, because I've been doing it for 17 years, but to speak our minds and, and say, you know what? Uh, look at, the, look at the, the results. Look at what's going on. I mean, it's no wonder they had to parachute Obozo out of the clear blue sky Friday to save their asses in 2018 and 2020 because I'm telling you what, these people will have none of it. And you know what? It doesn't matter to them. President Obama is like, I got to break protocol. Come out here and yell at people. It's like, really? No former president has ever done that. No former president has ever done the likes, has sullied himself and dirtied himself the way President Obama did on Friday by deciding he was going to be the one to run against our current president and the current party in charge. They had to bring him out. That's how desperate they are. And also, it's also how egotistical and willing and a, a, a maniacal, egomaniacal person like, like uh, Obama is. They didn't come out there. But you know what? Again, again it's like, dude, are you kidding me? You're, you're, really, you're really doing this? A former president is really, is really doing this? And also, by the way, not even being, and being so disingenuous about it. You'll recall that tweet after Charlottesville, don't you? It's like, oh, really? Oh, you've got to be kidding me. Let's stand up the Nazis. Who doesn't stand up the Nazis? It's like, okay, we don't know what you're talking about, dude. Everybody seems to be getting along just fine right now, economically and beyond. The people who are pissed are the ones who lost the election, not us. And even the people who lost the election, some of them aren't pissed anymore because they're looking at the, the results, they're looking at their stocks, they're looking at their, their uh, neighborhoods, they're looking at their 
jobs, their earnings. Hell, even people who didn't vote for Trump are now going, hmm, yeah, I know. That's damn, pretty good. Pretty good. I'm glad. Whatever. Didn't vote for him, but hell, looks pretty good to me. So that's why you have all these people with their temper tantrums. Why do you think never Trumper Ben Sass winds up on Meet the Press? Where is he? I don't even want to hear that. I, I, I'm, ben Sass, I can't stand this guy. Drives me crazy. He's such a little puss. And I, I, I wish Republicans would primary this guy. There he is on, on Meet the Press. I mean, uh, of course you're on Meet the Press talking about how, how the Republican Party is driving you crazy. Well, I've been the closer here at Safe Hall for a few weeks. Hold on, I'm, I, I'm sorry about this. I gotta, well. I gotta, it's, I gotta Some skip this in. Some guys just can't get the job done. Safe that's where I come in. I don't get the call too often. I like often, that guy but when anyway. I do- Yeah, okay. Welcome, sir. Morning. Let's- yeah, yeah, ben, ben Sass on Meet the Press. There he is, coming out of nowhere. Suddenly, it's like, yeah, you know, this party, it's really, uh, it's Where just so you chaotic, you know. I get, you know, I got to yeah, get out. So I, I think we need to be talking about why there's so much job disruption, because there is more than our grandparents knew and than people knew 100 years ago. And there's going to be even more in the future, but it's not because of trade, it's because of automation. So I- okay, so anyway, he can't tolerate this anymore, because the more Trump and the economy succeeds, the more stupid Ben Sass looks. The more idiotic Ben Sass looks, so he's got to come out and, and, and have a temper tantrum and talk about he's going to possibly leave the party and do all this kind of stuff. The only reason he's actually saying that is because there's a good chance he will be primaried someday, and he'll have to run as an independent. And he'll, he'd rather have a Democrat in there than anything else. So then you have Ben Sass. You have uh, Cory Booker deciding he's going to uh, bald-faced lie at a, at a Senate con- – at a. Supreme Court nomination hearing and and misrepresent a lie and dare them to censure him or expel him from the Senate, whatever. But it's only because he's having a temper tantrum. And 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 and, and it's only because these guys just can't tolerate uh, the, the what 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 is in the offing here and what we're seeing right now. And so they bring out Obama, and he's got to remind us of that. Post dispatch has to remind us of the Stockley verdict. But heaven forbid, we're, we're, I, I want to see tomorrow how much we're going to be reminded of 9-11. And not just with pictures of planes flying into buildings, but how much are we going to be reminded about how important it is to be a sovereign nation, how important it is to stand up for our national security, how important it is to stand up for, for our borders, and how important it was on that day that we were reminded that we are still all Americans, regardless of our political affiliations and all that. How many times did you see, how many times on September 12th did you see the American flag up and proud? Thank God there's not a, there's not a football game tomorrow so we can watch NFL players take a knee to the American flag. Can you imagine? So, you know, I wonder how much of that, how much we're going to be reminded of of the ramifications of 9-11 as opposed to just simply, you know, showing people, um, showing people getting incinerated by the airplanes. I, I'll tell you one thing, what they ought to do, uh, although I, I, I'm, 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 uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, uh, unfortunately, uh, 
whether or not we show that show enough of the carnage of 9/11 because because that will ultimately get attention of people uh to to go ahead and 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 maybe uh uh maybe stand up for what President Trump has been talking about I don't know whether you guys ever remember and and it's 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 uh it's it's uh it's horrible uh, but it's but it but it might be important for you to look up uh, the people jumping from built from the buildings on nine eleven. I don't know whether you actually ever. I think there's a whole documentary on the people who were uh, jumping to their deaths on that day. Uh, and and if and it's 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 kind of sad. It's hard to see it. Or or maybe at some point listen to a. Uh, you know, listen to a, 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 a YouTube video or something that has all the calls from people inside the buildings, and, and just just listen to the terror and the and the uh, and and the horrible nature of, of of that day for Americans. And also, and also, be and, and that ought to remind you of why it's important to kind of stand up for your culture and stand up for your country and stand up for your flag and stand up for your borders. And also, by the way, I don't know whether you've heard this, but there are a lot of people who died after 9-11 uh, from, from, uh, from, from uh, diseases they acquired through uh, the, the jet fuel and, and, the, and the chemicals and that kind of stuff. But they had to open up a brand new uh, element of the government to help these people. Those are people who ran to the defense of their countrymen and didn't run to their defense thinking about whether or not that person was black, white, whether that person was Republican or Democrat, and they went there and, and, and helped each other. That, that's, the, that's, the, that's, the American, that, that's the American flag that we sing about every day with our national anthem. That's the American flag we put our hand over our heart for. That's what it represents to us. Unless you're a gold-digging, racist, social justice warrior, that's the way we see the flag and, and our country. So that ought, that ought to tell you everything you need to know about what's going on. But anyway, uh, long way to go uh, for all of this. I don't want to hear Ben Sass. You guys have already heard Barack Obama speaking. It's just like, Lord have mercy. But that's what they had to do. The desperation is a lot of us are looking. We're looking at these people on TV complaining, and we're trying to figure out, like, I'm sorry, what's wrong again? Because I don't, I don't, I don't understand what's 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 wrong. That way, deliberate across, about lots of information and lots of advice and wisdom and counsel, and then he can make a long-term decision. So one advisor shouldn't be substituting his or her wisdom for the president's, but there should be a process by which the president gets some counsel. And it feels like neither of those things are happening in the right way right now. What? Do what, what, what do you mean? What are you talking about? This is a Republican, by the way. Sellout, prostitute, never Trump or Ben Sass. Yeah, there needs to be, this is, it's just chaotic. It's like, it is? I mean, I know Omarosa came out with something, and I think Omarosa now says she has, a, what, what, what does she say, has, has another one here. She says, uh, uh, 
I have texts talking about these silent army, the Trump administration using the 25th Amendment. Oh, really, Amorosa? Is, is that, is, are those same texts in the same place that President Trump saying the N-word is? Because so far you haven't produced that either. So it's all these people chattering about. And, you know, I, I guess there's a, it's a, it's a uh, risk to, uh, to bring all this stuff up because I'm not quite sure any of you really are worried about it. You know, I, 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 I'm not quite sure you guys are really focusing on that right now. And so there's sort of the risk in me bringing it up. But also at the same time, there are also because, because a lot of you are all just kind of like, you know, uh, I don't know. Do I really have to? Do we ever? Do I really want to hear Barack Obama again on, on Radio Free Almond? Because I had to hear him for an hour on Fox News. I had to hear snippets of him all over the weekend. I couldn't turn the TV on without seeing Barack Obama again. Do I really want to go to Radio Free Almond in the morning and listen to more of him? No. But I will tell you my opinion about what was going on there on Friday and how this all plays in and how things are grow, uh, how things are rolling. I will tell you exactly how uh, what 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 this speech on Friday meant, and it was nothing short of a desperation ploy. And it was again a, a, an Amer- a former president dirtying himself and sullying himself just to make make the losers from 2016 feel better. You talk about a pacifier. Boy, Barack Obama's one big sucker. People stick it in their mouths. But whatever works for you guys, you know, knock yourself out. Knock yourself out. Hey, people. We are live here from the Discovery Design Studios, discoverydesigninc.com. Good morning this morning. Discoverydesigninc.com. Love you guys over there. Rick and Jerry Pogue. I thought I liked this song more than I did. This is a Dodo's. I liked this song a while back. I don't like it anymore, though. Didn't seem right. Didn't seem, didn't seem like I could, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's atonal. How about this? I'm a little Elvis. I like to talk against the backdrop of good music. So we're going to see you at Santino's on the 27th of September, I hope, you people. Santino Cigars and Cocktails. I talked to Mike yesterday, and good possibility that we're going to uh, have our Radio Free Almond cigars ready for you by then. The cigar band with the Radio Free Almond logo on it. Be cool. The County Brown Barbecue guys are going to be out there, too. $10 a plate. You're going to have uh, pulled pork barbecue, sides, all that kind of stuff. And the proceeds are going to go to uh, Backstopper. So it's not just a Radio Free Almond celebration. Happy hour at Santino Cigars and Cocktails. We're going to turn it into a fundraiser for our brave men and women and their families with Backstoppers and the County Brown Barbecue guys. So thank you, Mike. 
Thank you, Santinos. And you know what? Thank you to my friends at Proctor Drapery, specifically my friend at Proctor Drapery, Michael Proctor, Proctor spelled like doctor. I don't know whether you guys uh, know that Michael has been a longtime friend of mine and a great guy and and a guy who's done a number of different projects at my house that are beautiful window treatments, side panels and shades and those kinds of things. And Michael is an interior designer, so it means that you don't have to pay somebody to tell you what's going to look good in your living room, your dining room, your kitchen, your office. Michael comes in, and he comes in. It's a mobile design unit, so everything's in his mobile design unit. If you're doing window treatments, why would you go 15 miles away from your home to figure out what's going to be on your windows? Because then you get a little swatch or something like that, and then you come back to your house. You and your wife argue about it. Then you go back 15 miles away again, go find out what you want, and come back, argue again, and never come to a decision. Or you're, by that time, you've wasted so much gas and everything. It's just, it's just oh, and time. So Michael comes with his mobile design unit. He's got everything there. And most people who are doing window treatments, they just, they just want to be told what's going to look good. A lot of people don't know about color schemes and patterns and that kind of thing. They want somebody who's an expert, and Michael's the expert. Don't come in and say, you know what, it'll, it'll take them 10 seconds. I know it'll work here. Here, watch this. You think, you think that's good? You're like, yeah, and I love it. So most people, they don't want to go to Home Depot and mill around aisles looking for things for their windows. They want somebody to come in who's right there, locked down. Prices are great. Best kind of fabrics and designs you're going to find anywhere in the land. It's Proctor Drapery. Proctor spelled like doctor. ProctorDrapery.com. I'll also direct your attention, ladies and gentlemen, to uh, my guys over at... uh, Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency. Matthew is the kind of guy who is young guy, hungry for your business, 855-QUOTE-ME. And he'll come in and he'll look at your, uh, your life insurance, your car insurance, your home insurance. He'll look at that. And he will size it up, and he'll say, you know what? I could beat that any day of the week. All you have to do is come with me, and I'll take you to the promised land with low rates, low premiums, low deductibles all at the same time. That's what I did. I just tore up everything, went right to Matthew. Plus, he's got great rates for young people. So I had the home life auto with him, and it's great to have your hometown guy right there within cell phone's reach. That's... uh, Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency. A lot of kids like, you know, 25 are getting juiced by their insurance companies. He'll have uh, better rates for your young person, believe me. Or if you're a young person out there, he'll have better rates for you. Don't worry about that at all. I want to let you know, too, uh, kicking it off big time this week, going to have the president of the company in, Golden Oak Lending. Love you guys over there. Thank you so much. The Business Journal has talked about Golden Oak Lending in this way. They have uh, three 
large refi companies in the country, right? There are three of them. You've heard two other names. These are national companies. But one of the three largest refi companies in the country is right here in St. Louis. It's Golden Oak Lending. And what's great about it is it's right in your backyard. So the people you are working with know you. They know where you live in terms of the kinds of property values and that kind of stuff. They've got free appraisals. And they could erase your credit card debt within a matter of just moments, giving you pre-approval over the phone and take care of it. But it's right here in, t- right here in town. And the added benefit of the fact that, you, that they, they know who you are and, and, and they, they're aware of your neighborhood and everything else. They'll give you a free mortgage checkup. So what they'll do is they'll look at the uh, value of your home, look at all that kind of stuff, especially the increased home values all over the place. In this economy right now, thanks to President Trump, people are making all kinds of money on their homes with their home values increasing. And so perfect time for you to go ahead and figure out whether you can grab some of that and pay off your credit card debt. Maybe you have a big project you want. Maybe you have a tuition payment due. I don't know. Gold Oak Lending will help you, uh, and they'll help you fast. 314-567-GOLD. 314-567-GOLD is the uh, number there. Saw Eric Naputi on the uh, on the stream a little earlier. Dr. Naputi, NaputiWellness.com. has got a brand new location in Chesterfield. And also, of course, his location up there off of 55. Good guy. Strong guy. By the way, I saw a uh, post by his wife, Jody on Facebook. And it was really an interesting post because I, I, I actually didn't see the other half of it. I just saw a picture of uh, Eric at one of uh, another one of his seminars where he's utilizing his weekend, you know, missing his son's football game, but utilizing his weekend to help others with seminars and things like that and show them that there's a different way when it comes to holistic medicine. There's a different way. There's a different path instead of uh, band-aiding things with medications and that kind of thing. How about resolving the problem at the, at the very beginning? How, how, about, how about settling problems uh, at the core? And so he goes over there. And he's, he's not making a lot of money. He's traveling. And the costs are, you know, but he's doing it because you should listen to Eric talk about medicine and talk about helping people. You should listen to him when he talks about the opioid crisis and how he's got the non-opioid drip and other ways of resolving issues that aren't creating addictions for people and aren't hurting people. He's passionate about these. He's like, man, this is so cool. Look, Check this new idea out. Check this new thing out. Or when he, when he uh, helps kids with ADD, ADHD and 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 resolving problems there for entire families, PTSD. Man, you should see some of the people coming in there. Some of them have never been able to, to, to leave their homes because they're just, the PTSD has a hold of them. And there they are at the, the Pudi Wellness Center with people milling about everywhere. And just fine, thank you very much. Thanks to the brainwave therapy and beyond that uh, Dr. Pudi helps people with. 
But anyway, I read about this. Uh, Jody put a Facebook post up there and me- mentioned that that there are some people out there who uh, who put him down. Oh, he's too loud. Oh, he's too this. He's too this. He's all in front of me. It's like, you be kidding me. This guy sacrifices a lot. He's Dr. Naputi's busted his rear end to get where he is right now. And is still hugely enthusiastic about you and your health. And I don't know, it was disappointing to see that there are people who are critics. And they'll, they'll talk to her about it. It's like, really? Entire family is a great family, the Deputy family. And I will tell you one thing that I didn't mention. I should have mentioned this, and I will. But I'm mentioning it now on a bigger platform. That Dr. Deputy was one of the first people to come out and support Radio Free Elm and support me after the debacle there with 97.1 uh, that we're, by the way, still in arbitration on. But, but he was one of the first out of the blocks, he and Ryan, defending me. And boy, they tried to shut him down big time, man. They tried to ruin his business when he was defending me. They tried to ruin Naputi Wellness. With uh, Stacy Newman's weirdo stepson, Drew, and the Gateway Blend, all conspiring, not only to get me fired, but then also then to try to shut Naputi's business down. Imagine that a state representative with her family and everybody else deciding that they're going to not only get people fired, and destroy their livelihoods, but interfere with their contracts with advertisers and threaten advertisers. Because I, I don't know about you, but uh, state representative demands that you abandon somebody. You take that seriously because she's a state representative and she has a possibility of even making your life miserable. An elected state representative, with that kind of power, the state behind her. And, 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 it's, and it's shocking how many of my advertisers actually stuck with me. And we'll be proving that in court. I, I almost, you know, we're in arbitration, but I, I, I really want to take this. I really, honestly, I really want to take this to trial. That's really what I want to do. It's a pain in the ass, but. Our trial date's July 1st, but I want to get I want to get everybody deposed. I want to get everybody under oath. And I want to go for the gusto on this one, tell you the truth. But I don't know. We'll see how it goes. We're in arbitration now, we'll figure it out. But we got another we got another step coming too, though, by the way. But anyway, so so you're so you're so you're you're an advertiser. You know how many advertisers of mine said we're not only not leaving, we're doubling down. Even the Gelman team was like, we're going to come back. We're going to just give it a little beat here and let everybody, you know, kind of go by the wayside. But then by that time, I, was, I wasn't going to have the Gelman team back. I've been waiting for Tracy Ellis and the Tracy Ellis team to be supporting me for a long time now. The Gelman team was kind of in the way of that. And then they wound up screwing me, so I wasn't going to have them back anyway. TracyEllis.com, by the way, is a good website for you. 
So yeah, they 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 but but these businesses all stood up and said, you know, uh, they, they were supporting me. Doubling up on ads. There was even one business, a tactical that said they would start advertising on my show if they if they kept me. But Naputi was one of the first ones to say, I am done. You just got rid of him. I'm over. It's over. Oh, they begged him. You should see what they were doing over there, man. They were offering ads for free. We'll do we'll just we'll, just to have you on. They're still doing that to a certain degree, discounting like crazy. It's about fire sale on ads over there. But anyway, guys like Naputi stood up for me and left. You know, Arrowhead Building Supply did the same. Rick Pogue said, you know, I'm, I'll advertise on the other parts of your, your, your station. Not in the morning. Rick Pogue sent an entire letter to, uh, to them and said, I'm done, you do this. I'm finished. So thank you, Rick Pogue, for that. But these advertisers stood up, even though they were... They were uh, they were coerced. They were bullied. They were pushed around by a state representative and her stupid little stepson, who's still running around out there, by the way. And he and Charles Jaco are still having mutual masturbation sessions there on Twitter, figuratively, of course. But yeah, they're still they're still up to up to no good. But who cares? I mean, nobody's even, you know, uh, emphysema breath and all of his cabal over there are just, you know, they can they can have at it as far as I'm concerned. But anyway, uh, to my point, Dr. Deputy and the rest of these guys have stood up and stood strong. And everybody who's advertising on this show right now, folks, whether it be Golden Oak Lending, 314-567-GOLD, Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency, 855-QUOTE-ME. Santino Cigars and Cocktails, right off of Vogel Road in Arnold. Proctor Drapery, Proctor spelled like doctor. Tracy Ellis, who I'm working with as a, I got to have them in because I'm working with them in this real estate thing where I'm kind of their, their go-between person. So if you have any, if you have any desire at all to uh, buy a home or, you're selling a home, I'm there for you. Let me give you the number. You can call me there. Let me see if I can find it, first of all. See, I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't expect to be doing this now. You never know. Yes, yeah, 314-309-0704. 314-309-0704. And they are going to, uh, you, you call me right at that number, 309-0704. I'll put you in touch with Rick or Tracy, and they'll handle your stuff personally. So, and Dr. Naputi, thank you, NaputiWellness.com. All these people who are standing up for me so deserve your business. I hope if, if anything could call them at least and tell them thank you. Because I, and, and all of you people who have stood by me, I can't tell you how how appreciative I am. I I, I got to tell you, I, I I keep running into people, although I shouldn't tell advertisers, but I keep running into people who are going, "Where are you?" You know. So believe me, my numbers. Um, see that you guys don't already talk about. Ra- I never talked about ratings when I was at ninety-seven-one. We were kicking ass there. We were top of the line morning show. 
I never talked about that because I didn't think you cared about the numbers because you were where you were. But I think a lot of you care now, though, uh, because uh, I'm just telling you that you're in the right place. You realize the other day, uh, one of my shows had 17,000 views on Facebook. 17,000. It normally averages 12, 13,000 a day. I'm talking about a day, okay? And that's just Facebook, not even the stream. The stream is monster all on its own, more than even Facebook is. So, you know, we're doing, reaching 75,000, 80,000 people a week. I mean, it's a lot of people. It's more than I had at 97.1. And I still have people come up to me going, hey, uh, where, where, where are you? These days, and I have to tell them. But if, if so, so sometimes, uh, sometimes even that, that, that's even with some people still not knowing where the heck I am. So I hope you can you can support these folks who are who are supporting me, and and uh, you know the the what happened uh, almost six months ago is boy uh, seems like it was forever ago. Uh, and, and it kind of was, but things are going, things are going well and we're, we're getting there. Um, we're popping back up and, and, and we're surviving. And, and a lot of it's because of, of you, a lot of it's because of you folks who have, uh, who have been with me and stayed with me. And even if it's sometimes hard, sometimes like, you know, the app is app goes south or something. We're going to try to improve that. Uh, and the Facebook page. But you guys, you guys work hard to try to get to me. It's not easy being on Facebook. I mean, the technology. It was always so much easier just to turn on a a, a radio and, and have me there. But, you know, not always. Uh, people who are dedicated to the truth and dedicated to, uh, to me and what we do here at Radio Free Elm, and you'll do anything to get there. Uh, let, me, let me let me just say, uh, somebody uh, who who was it that, that suggested the song, Pretender's song. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Let me just see here real quick before I get on to some other stuff here. Here we go. I'll buy it. I'm gonna buy the song right now, and then I'll put it on for you, and then I'll talk more. But anyway, you guys, thank you so much for your support, and you guys have been just great, and it's humbling, invigorating. It's awesome, and you guys are great. No less. I'm not back on the radio yet, buddy. I, you, I don't need to be. <laughs> this is. I am on the radio. What do you think this is? It's a different form of radio, Les. He's, uh, yeah, JP. Thanks, buddy. JP Soto. Good man. Listen, man, once I get to a point where I uh, am... Able to monetize this to a level that I need to. I'm hiring JP to be one of my producers if he's not already occupied. One of the best producers in radio, man, JP Soto. Wish I would, had worked with you, but I, I didn't. You were on other shows and doing other stuff, but uh, you're a good man, JP. Thank you so much for that. So I, I got you through um, all the all the garbage about. Uh, about why we saw Obama yesterday and about standing up for what we believe in. And, and, and that's just, 
that's going to be our lot for a little while is, is we're going to have people who are going to be out there who are going to be uh, who are going to be trying to shake you, trying to dismantle you. Trying, trying to weaken you. And, and this Obama thing was just the first step of it, but a lot of people were just simply uh, uh, simply been there, done that, tired of it. Anyway, let me, let me, let me go to this uh, bit with, um, with Bill Maher. Now, now uh, one of the more disappointing things about, I got I gotta, hold on, I got to, uh, I got to turn this off. Hold on. One of, one of the more disappointing elements of, uh, of Hollywood and having to deal with, having to deal with, 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 with Hollywood and beyond is the, is the Jim Carrey phenomenon. And, and, and Jim Carrey has turned into this really bitter, old, weird lefty. And, and, and the fact of the matter is I actually liked his, I liked his movies. I liked, I liked, I liked him a lot. There are people who, I mean, I thought he was, I thought he was pretty damn funny. Didn't you guys? I, I mean, I liked Jim Carrey. I think I think I did. I the pet detective and I don't know. I, I I thought it was a the what was it what was the movie that they shot in Seaside? It was the um, I can't remember. But anyway, I want to give you a lesson in how even people like Bill Maher, who is a liberal television host, but he's a more libertarian, and sometimes he makes so much sense, and other times he makes. No sense at all, and and seems, uh, seems so uh, unknowledgeable about our constitution and about the enumerated powers. And he, he he talks like he's kind of like a, and I don't want to I don't want to Truman Show. Thank you, Phil, buddy. Uh, uh, he talks like he's, and I, I I say college student because but I know a lot of really smart college students, so I'm trying to figure out some other analogy. But you know, when you're talking to somebody who really doesn't know a lot, but acts like they do, and Mar sometimes really disappoints me. Sometimes he makes so much sense when, on free speech issues especially, you know, when he goes out there and scolds liberals for trying to squash free speech, uh, it, it, it really really, really resonates. And it comes from Bill Maher, who's, I think, sometimes a very reasonable person. Makes sense. He hell, he got he got Ben Sass to sit there while he used the N word. I, I have I have I have no doubt that Bill Maher, when he used the N word uh, in front of Ben Sass, that that he did that on purpose to see what Ben Sass was going to do. And, and and what do you think Ben Sass did? Uh, he sat there. <laughs> Well, he said the N-word. This is your, this is your never Trump. This is Ben Sass, who is, who is uh, blathering on about chaos and decorum and how Trump uh, shouldn't be tweeting and doing all this kind of stuff. And the, here's, your, here's, your great, here's your great conservative hope for the future here, Ben Sass. It'll be a kid thing. It's not anymore? Not out here. Okay. <laughs> no, adults dress up for Halloween. They don't do that in Nebraska? It's frowned upon. 
Yeah, we don't do that quite as much. But Wow. Um, I've got to get to Nebraska more. <laughs> I, you're welcome. We'd love to have you work in the field. Hey, by the way, can I get some volume on this uh, thing here, buddy? Thanks, man. Hold on. Let me get, let me get this back here. Hang on. Yeah, let me get some field. That's part of that. That's... Work in the field. That's part of that. That's... Senator, I'm a house nigger. No, it's, it's a joke. Thank you. Yeah, what, what, was the, what was the great white Republican hope doing then? Yeah, he was sitting there uh, while, while, uh, while Bill Maher used the N-word, sitting there and, and, and uh, smiling. Now, again, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be uh, nitpicky about him or to be, you know, uh, uh, mean or to be uh, or, or to play into uh, all of this, because I don't think that uh, he's a racist or anything like that. But if you're going to go out there and you're going to wag your finger at our president for not being somehow a true Republican or a decent guy or whatever, and you're the guy that sat there when Bill Maher used the N-word and didn't say anything but sat there and laughed because you wanted to sell a book, I'd keep your mouth shut, dude, if I were you. If I'm Ben Sass and I'm on the record as sitting there like some kind of uh, cowardly, desperate bookseller who will sit there and when somebody uses the N-word in front of him, then I don't think you have much of a place to be on Meet the Press talking about how chaotic the White House is and how you're concerned about decorum and all that kind of stuff at the White House, buddy. At that point, if I were you, I'd just kind of keep your mouth shut. I mean, Ben Sass is kind of an empty suit anyway, and, and he's one of the unfortunate uh, offshoots from the Tea Party movement. But nonetheless, uh, he's a never-Trumper, and now suddenly he uh, is trying to... He's he's as pissed as everybody else is that Donald Trump is succeeding, so driving nuts. Anyway, back to Bill Maher and Jim Carrey. So I noticed something when I was watching these two guys talk, and that I noticed that... Uh, Bill Maher, for all of his intelligence, and I do believe he has a high IQ, for all of that, it did seem to me that Bill Maher fundamentally uh, does not understand what our Constitution calls for in terms of expenditures and enumerated powers and beyond. And it was displayed pretty pretty wildly in this exchange. So check it out. Here you go. We need to be helped toward those opportunities. There are people who are sick. But that's the... You shouldn't have to lose your home and, because your mother got sick. And look, I've always, I've always said the, the United States has been a quasi-socialist government for 100 years. For okay, listen to this for a second, okay? All right, so, so, so Bill Maher is going to... I'm trying to plug it in my computer, but I can't have my face by it. Hang on, people. Hang on! All right, so listen to this, okay? This is this is where Bill Maher sounds like a complete stooge, okay? This is where Bill Maher clearly sounds like the freshman in college in his dorm room blathering on to another left-wing freshman in college about 
socialism and about governments and that kind of stuff. I'll take it back just a little bit because I want you to hear, again, the context of it here. It's all, they're, 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 they're complaining about Obamacare and how uh, Republicans are trying to dismantle Obamacare, et cetera. But listen to this. Just listen. That need to be helped toward those opportunities. There are people who are sick. But that's the. You shouldn't have to lose your home and, because your mother got sick. And look, I've always, I've always said the the United States has been a quasi-socialist government for a hundred years. Yeah, that, and and the, and the only problem, the one problem with that too, is that Bill Maher says, "I've always said that." That means he's always been stupid. But anyway, here we go. And out loud, it's not. Oh, a, it's not a, plenty of subsidies for oil, oil companies, well, and but also Medicare and Social Security, house, and right? yes, of yeah. course, there's nothing more socialistic than some of the Pentagon programs that right. are just jobs programs. The Pentagon says we don't want these tanks, and they build them anyway. If that's not socialism, I don't know what is. Yeah. Um, that's not socialism at all. In fact, defense, if you want to get right down to it, is one of the enumerated powers of the federal government in our constitution to provide for our national defense. Now, are there situations where there are people who there's wasteful spending in our government and our military? Absolutely. But to, to, but to call programs where we build fighter planes and we build tanks and we uh, support our military to call that socialistic, because it's a jobs program. Let's just pretend that it was a jobs program. It's still not socialism because it's one of the enumerated powers in our constitution is to provide for our national defense. There's not one thing in our constitution that provides for healthcare, not one. Now, keep in mind, I, I, I am not trying to do what this propagandist at my, at, my, uh, at my kid's school was doing. I understand that the Supreme Court upheld the whole Obamacare thing and even, even actually uh, acknowledged it was a tax. Roberts even acknowledged it was a tax, which I don't know why they still uh, uh, passed that through. But nonetheless, uh, o- Obamacare... You can argue, and people have argued, that Obamacare is a direct result of the misinterpretation of the general welfare clause. And, of course, that misinterpretation goes all the way back to the days of Alexander Hamilton and how Hamilton and Madison fought pretty wildly over what the general welfare clause meant. And, 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 and in terms of Madison's viewpoint... It did not involve the general welfare only doubled back to the enumerated powers of the Constitution. It wasn't something the federal government could just make up in terms of what the general welfare was. But Hamilton decided that the general welfare clause was whatever was good for the people at the time the federal government could get involved in. And, of course, never mind, Madison's like, dude, I wrote it. That's not what it meant. It still didn't keep Alexander Hamilton and some of his more liberal buddies from uh, supporting that. And, and so, you know, on down the line, Supreme Courts, uh, for whatever reason, have continued to uphold that interpretation, the, the Hamiltonian interpretation of the General Welfare Clause. Uh, but nonetheless, the government, it can be argued fairly voraciously 
it can be argued that the federal government has no business uh, getting involved in health care and, for that matter, education or any of these other programs it's involved in, including uh, three-quarters of its budget being put towards entitlement programs. Three-quarters of its budget. So to hear Jim Carrey and, and Bill Maher complain that the federal government isn't doing enough, uh, I, I, I don't know whether or not that's, uh, that's, uh, that's true. Because if you look at our budget and three-quarters of it going to en- entitlement programs, hmm, I don't know. Did you guys see the uh, Serena uh, Williams meltdown, by the way? At the U.S. Open, she was fined seventeen thousand dollars for her for her breakdown. It, it was it was pretty bad too. I mean, it was it was uh, it was pretty rough. Here, I'll find it for you. But I have to tell you though, when I was when I was uh, when I was watching it, uh, I, I was I was a little bit sympathetic to her. And, and the reason for that was because she's had situations where, uh, where, where, where she's been rooked before by some of these judges, and 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 I have to tell you when I look at when I look at some, of the, just listen to how they're they're reporting this, and I I, I have to tell you to a certain degree I sympathize US with her. Amelia Brace joins us live. Uh, welcome, Amelia. The, the tennis star. Well, look, she's received both criticism and praise for this standoff with a, a so-called Let's listen to the foreign umpire. people do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, guys. Good morning. Many commentators and players actually agree with Serena Williams that she would have been treated differently if she were a man. Worth noting, though, that this is effectively a three-step warning process, and Serena Williams really ticked all of the boxes. She was first issued a code violation for allegedly being coached from the stand. That is something that she vehemently denies. She then smashed her racket in frustration. That was strike two. And then she was docked an entire game for calling the chair umpire Carlos Ramos a thief. Here is a little of that exchange. You owe me an apology. You owe me an apology. I have never cheated in my life. I have a daughter and I stand with right for her. I've never cheated. And you owe me an apology. Now, back in the day, I recall a couple times where Serena Williams was actually rooked uh, out of certain points and those kinds of things because of bad calls, and it's happened before. And and I'm not I'm not saying that a meltdown is a uh, is a horrible thing. Uh, well, it, it is is uh, is a, a thing to do when you feel wronged. And certainly, saying that somebody is sexist is a little off base. But I have to tell you, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking to myself, um, uh, McEnroe used to be kind of an a-hole, right? And 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 I thought he was kind of lauded for being that kind of guy. I thought he was kind of uh, – I thought that was uh, – I always liked him. I, I liked it when he got that way. But, you know, I, I, I thought that was, you know, um, great. So – when Serena gets fired up, I'm not quite sure I'm so angry about that. But the fact of the matter is she did deserve the fine. I think it was $24,000. 
particularly since th- there was an admission that she was being coached, and you're not supposed to do that. Uh, and, and so she was getting defensive and, and said, you know, that the, the guy's a thief and, and then this and then that. And the only thing, the only defense I'll have for her is that I think McEnroe, sometimes when he got mad and he got angry and he yelled at the line, just he was, it, it was, it was sometimes overlooked to a certain degree. And for Serena, it's, it's a bad thing. Now, keep in mind, too, I felt really bad for her opponent because she lost obviously and she kind of took away from the the her opponents when her opponent what's his name Osaka like worship Serena you imagine your hero sitting there you're playing your hero and and she goes berserko right in front of you and indeed even kind of reaches the point where both of them are crying after her victory i'm thinking ooh this isn't good so even if you do compare it a little bit to, uh, to, to McEnroe to a certain degree, I'm thinking this is a little different because it just became really a spectacle. Whereas, you know, McEnroe did a few things here and there, but never really like brought down an entire match the way Serena did. Anyway, you guys have relatives over there in, um, in uh, the Carolinas because they're gonna about to get rocked by Florence here. So far, it looks like uh, there's a, just a bunch of rain coming in terms of the East Coast. But I do know that you guys in the Carolinas, whether it be in um, in the uh, North Carolina or South Carolina, especially Hatteras in that area, there, they're battening down the hatches. It's not until, I think, uh, later on in the week where this is all going to be taken on, but we'll, uh, we'll be following that. Mama K, by the way, uh, A, what's up, baby? B, I will put up on Facebook. I'll do that today. I promise. I will put up on Facebook uh, the dish I made, my Mediterranean sea bass, with your delicious stewed tomatoes. Your, your, uh, I guess they call it canning, but it was in a jar. Is that canning if it's in a jar? I'm going to call it canning anyway. And I, you know, let me tell you something. I made the I made the Mediterranean sea bass. I love making whole. I love cooking whole fish. I, I did have the guy debone it because you got to be a little careful about that, and 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 that's the only problem with eating whole fish. Sometimes is that um, you, uh, you you need to watch out for the bones. So anyway, I did the Mediterranean sea bass, but I juiced that up with basil and some pesto and that kind of thing on the inside of it. But I didn't do a darn thing to your stewed tomatoes. I just, I just poured the stewed tomatoes over the grilled Mediterranean sea bass that I had dressed up with all that stuff, and I just boom. Um, I just, I just put those in there and and uh, and put it on, and I didn't do a thing to your delicious tomatoes. Except they, they, they what they did was they worked well with the rest of it. But I didn't have, to, I didn't do anything to your tomatoes. I guarantee you, I just poured it over the fish, and it was absolutely delicious. And Mediterranean sea bass, if you have a chance to get it whole, it's great. Grill it. I love grilling whole fish. The girls are not real fond of, um, of, the, the, of, the, of the grilled fish because what happens is the fish winds up on a plate, and it still has its eyes and head and everything else going on. So not always a big, uh, not always a, a big winner. 
in terms of the kids, but uh, but the the girls got used to it. Now that's the opposite uh, reaction of, for instance, uh, my Filipino friends. Chris and Elira's uh, girls are great. They're little Filipino girls, Filipino American girls. But I have uh, been, of course, turned on to a certain level of uh, their appetite and their delicacy, and they'll eat the eyes out of the fish. I could grill a fish, cook that fish, and one of the girls will come and just eat eat, eat the eye. It's a delicacy in the Philippines. They're the same ones that uh, that 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 taught me how to eat bulat, which is the uh, you know the the half cooked duck egg. Whew. I remember having that one time on my birthday, and I decided I'd go ahead and and play around and and uh, oh, Lee, uh, Mama K, you have more? Awesome! Oh, you gave some to Lacey too for her uh, anchovies. Good. I think Lacey made uh, my. I gave her. I gave her those white anchovies, and I think she made um, uh, a basil tomato sandwich with it. So, did you give her those tomatoes for that? Good. Anyway, a bulat is the half cooked duck. It's the egg, and and it's uh, and and that's where you cook it. But but the, you're eating a duck embryo, and and the the way they actually make the duck embryo better is when it's uh, when it's um, crunchy. So it's so you have to develop the embryo just so much so that it becomes delicious. I hope none of you are eating breakfast right now. Sorry. And, and and they sell this stuff on the streets in the Philippines. Would you actually go buy a cart and buy a half cooked duck and um, eat eat that uh, eat that? Oh, coming on late. Yes, yeah, Scotty, I did come on late. We had some technical issues. Sorry about that. But um, <laughs> I know, Mom. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, it is nasty. And 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 I did, but I did eat it. And and you and what you do is you take it you take the you take the egg, and uh, it's half off, and the embryo's in there, and you salt it a little bit and you eat it just like a hard boiled egg. I did that, just as a because fa- uh, it was my birthday and I guess uh, Chris and Lyra thought that'd be funny to to make me do that on my birthday and so I did, and uh, and then the next day Chris has called me up and go hey. Uh, you still thinking about that baby duck? I'm going. Yes, I am. I couldn't get that thing, that that thing out of my system. But I did it though. I mean, hell, if, if they do it all the time, why wouldn't it be possible for me uh, to do it? Anyway, Mama K, thanks for that. Deli- I don't know. You, you're just um, gardening is really just an amazing thing. I love uh, people who garden are just uh, amazing, and 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 they're always so. Uh, proud of what they make and what they grow. My grandma was like that. I, but, I, but I've told you my grandma's story again, right? I told you the story about how she made the grew rhubarb and everything else, made the best rhubarb pie in the world, without strawberries, by the way. It was just rhubarb and sugar. All right, also the latest on this CBS thing. Uh, it's funny how, it's, it's, it's interesting how President Trump is the one who's... Um, the poster boy, right, for sexism and misogyny and all this kind of stuff. And yet, uh, it seems to me that the news media and Hollywood, there is, uh, there's more lecherous activity than you could ever hang on President Trump. 
whether it be the Weinstein stuff. I mean, even the women in Hollywood apparently are groping people. In that one case, I can't even keep up with this stuff. I'm so bored by all their their sexual problems over there in, in Hollywood and in New York and beyond. But yeah, there's one actress who uh, was accused of part of the one of the leaders of the Me Too movement was like having sex with some underage boy or something. It's like, golly, what's wrong with you people? So yeah, even even the women are uh, a bunch of lecherous people in, in Hollywood. But anyway, uh, with Weinstein, with all these people in Hollywood, all these people who have been accused, and some of them, I, I don't I don't support just accusing somebody when they're not guilty. But I'm just saying, accused and indeed um, admitted to it and everything else. Uh, even Louis C.K., a guy who you know I think is pretty funny, but he'd be the first to sit there and crap all over President Trump and make fun of him. Louis C.K. finally came after a year in, uh, in exile after his own charges against him. But now we have CBS announcing that uh, Les Moonves is out, uh, effective immediately. And not only that, <laughs> there's a... The, um, uh, Moonves is being ordered to donate $20 million to one or more organizations that support the Me Too movement and equality for women in the workplace. And, and, and that's going to be deducted from the severance he ultimately receives, which could go, basically, people, it could amount to about $150 million, although right now they're saying, we're only going to give you $100 million. Now, whether or not it'd be interesting, and, and keep an eye on this, it'll be interesting to see whether or not the twenty million donated to the Me Too movement, right, will be taken out of the hundred million they're going to give him, or will it be taken out of the hundred and eighty million they would have given him? So let's just pretend that CBS is going to give him a package. He was—he's going to walk away with a hundred million. And they say, well, we're only going to give you $100 million as opposed to, let's say, $120 million, and we're going to take the $20 million and give it to the Me Too movement. Boy, for, for a guy who, um, who, who has, I mean, some serious allegations against him, including, like, assault, forced kissing, forced oral sex, unwanted advances, and physical abuse— And, and and that guy's at CBS and walks away with a hundred million dollars at least. That's uh, I'm like thinking to myself. Let's see, I tweeted something that wasn't even to somebody, and was falsely accused of threatening to sexually assault somebody, even though that actually wasn't the case at all. But anyway, it was just a tweet, and <laughs> I I was like. But Les Moonves, $100 million, even after all that, from CBS. Now, you'd think that CBS, if they were really that tough or that, that, that concerned about people being uh, assaulted or that concerned about women's rights or that, that concerned about the Me Too movement or that concerned about uh, the safety of women, you'd think they would say, dude, we're not giving you a dime. Get the hell out of here. Especially a forced oral sex, and you're getting a hundred million dollar severance from CBS. I mean, how how does that? I don't even understand how that works. Because I know, I mean, I I I would venture to guess that uh, that ninety nine point nine percent of you guys out there 
or you gals out there, if you were accused of forcing oral sex or forced kissing or whatever else, your job's not giving you a dime. At that point, I would, I would pretty much say, what kind of contract did Les Moonves have if, if you're able to be accused? Now, again, this is just, he's just accused at this point, but if you're being accused of forced oral sex, what kind of contract did he have that, uh, that, that, that allowed him still to get $100 million at least in severance? Must have been a pretty damn good contract, I'll tell you that. All right, folks. I, I uh, Yeah, I know. We were on 15 minutes late, but I'm not going to be able to give you 15 more minutes because they got to get out of here, and uh, and uh, life has to go on here at Gaslight Studios. So I am going to uh, say see ya. And, folks, in case you missed it, um, let's see. Right after – well, first of all, it's a great uh, interview, a great time, if I do say so myself, with Jim – Carafano, he and I had the kind of discussion that I, I could have all day, and that was about um, preservations of cultures, of faith, religion, of nationalism as a uh, as a foreign policy, so to speak. It was a pretty pretty interesting discussion, but after that, then went on a tear about multiple things. So locally, so I'd encourage you to check that out. Yeah, Scott, need to get a hold of his attorney for contract talks. Actually, you know what, Scotty? It's interesting because um, uh, that's why I'm still going after these guys because they violated my contract. So, in my opinion, so we're arguing. But, yeah. (laughs) But you know what? Let me tell you something, though. Even if that station had given me $100 million to go away, I still wouldn't have taken it if I had to lie to all of you, which is what they wanted me to do. They wanted me to say I mutually agreed to part. And I told them, I said, I'm not going to say that because I don't mutually agree to part. I'm not mutually agreeing to part. And they did offer me money, a lot of money. But I didn't take it because I I couldn't do that and tell you that I gave up on you. I couldn't do that and tell you that I quit on you. I wasn't going to do it. So that's just the way it goes. Too often people do go ahead and take the money and run and slink away. Not me, baby. Not me. All right, you all. Bye-bye, buddy. Bye, buddies. Bye, JP. Bye, Margaret. Bye, Sandy. Bye, everybody. Those are just the names I see on my screen. All you guys are great. Scott, Rich Layton is back. Where have you been, buddy? I think he thought he, he said people thought maybe he died. He said, Rich, come on. No. Just figure you're busy. All right, have a great yesterday, everybody. Don't forget, the Radio Free Almond gear is right out there at RadioFreeAlmond.com. So check it out. Have a good one, everybody. Thank you to Discovery Designs, DiscoveryDesignInc.com. For all of your truck building needs, your fleet needs, Discovery Design has it all for you. So thanks for the studio, guys. DiscoveryDesignInc.com. Take care.